Good evening, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown. How are you all doing? Thanks for joining us. Here is the panel. We have got Monkey. Say hi, Monkey. Hi, everyone. I'm Monkey. I've been growing weed now for just a few years, but I've been at Percy's less than a year. Um, biggest claim to fame, I guess, is I do a lot of ornamental gardening. I've been doing that for decades, but that's pretty much me. Sweet. GB, how you doing, man? As, what are you saying, GB? <laughs> oh. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Yeah, man. Um, just say hello tonight. I introduced myself last week. I don't know if I have to do it every week, do we? I just, yeah, just saying hi is fine. TG, yeah. how, how are you, man? man? Yeah, uh, it's all good up here in sunny Saskatchewan, Canada. So hi to all you listeners out there. And Zombie Nation isn't here this week. I think he's gone and got himself too high and he's fallen asleep somewhere. Somewhere. We don't know where. He might be on at some point. But uh, joining us this evening is Spartan Grown as well. Spartan, you want to introduce yourself? Tell the viewers about yourself. Sure. I'm uh, Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram at Spartan Grown. Um, I live in Michigan in the United States and uh, I'm a professional grower here. I work for Mint Canico. It's a commercial producer here. We have, we have both um uh 2000 plant count recro license and uh, which just means anybody 21 or older and then uh, we have a license for medical grow which you have to have a medical card to buy that and that we have a thousand plants so all together we we can have up to three thousand plants in that facility and then i'm a home and that's oh, i should have said that we grow that in cocoa and we use actually canna a and b is our base nutrient i can't really go through all the additives but uh uh, and we use cocoa there and at home I'm, a, I'm an organic grower though. So I actually do both styles. I, I like organic or synthetic. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, man. It's a massive pleasure to have you on, mate. Uh, no problem, man. So we go through a whole structure of the show and we, we, it's all planned out and we try and stick to it. We get higher and higher, so we might, yeah. you know, go off track a little, but I'll try and keep you all in the control. So first off, we've got the news and events. <laughs> no, the, the excessive the excessive intro there for the news yeah zombie got zombied look at that um good yeah. evening in the chat everybody dwight torche bob durban twisted ali small tubes monkey but you're already in here you said hi already monkey do you have some news for us oh sure first of all i have a question for for Greenbeard. i saw something in the news about the irish government has actually cooperating with 30 med patients in Ireland to provide cannabis for their epilepsy during COVID. Uh, do you know anything about that? I mean, that sounds pretty cool, actually. I know it's a small group, but man, look, anytime you can get help, that's a great thing. That sounds pretty cool, but yet, no, I never heard anything about that, mate. Uh, that sounds really nice. I mean, I, I could really, <laughs> I could never see the United States government getting involved with that. Be honest with you, and it would be pretty cool if the if the Irish government was doing something like that for us. But the, the thing I really saw that was interesting in the news this week is a study came out in Belgium that found CBD containing mouthwash was just as good as fighting gingivitis and plaque buildup as some prescription strength mouthwash. Uh, seems like CBD has got a little bit more to get to give nowadays. No way. that's pretty cool. Maybe well, some antibacterial cool. action, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I had no idea. I thought it was just a cannabinoid, made you feel good, but obviously it has a way more effect than I ever knew about. Well, Listerine used to be a floor cleaner, didn't it, before it was a mouthwash? Really? Yeah, fun fact of the day, if you didn't know that, it was a 
floor cleaner. And then oh, there was like, man. we've got to find another use for this and make it more wanted by people, you know? So they was like, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's good, man. As long man. as you don't swallow it, it's all good. <laughs> Just don't swallow it. Sounds, like sounds like a bit off a of Saturday Night Live. It's a floor wax. It's a disinfectant. Yeah, shocking, man. I don't even know what the fuck that shit is. But yeah. It just makes your mouth feel so fresh, though. You know, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> well, evidently, CBD will do the same thing for you. But that was pretty cool and pretty interesting. And now that more countries are opening up CBD, maybe that's something that we'll see in the future. That'll help us get rid of some of these antibacterials that are actually causing some of the superbugs. So, you know, nice. that's what, that's my biggest news story right there is that, hey, we got promise on the cannabinoid market now. Cool, man. What you what you got for us, Temple Grower? Um, a little bit, I guess, locally here in Canada, a couple of days ago, the, the head of the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police uh, is actually, he's calling for decriminalization of simple possession of all illicit drugs. All is, illicit uh, drugs. Wow. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah, I, I'm pretty promising. sure it's all just to, yeah, and give, uh, give people who use, use drugs, uh, uh, you know, a safer source and start yeah, treating definitely. it as a health issue rather than. A, yeah, it's the right way to go. Absolutely. So that's uh, super there, promising to hear. Um, there was a country that's done that. A whole country. I wasn't think it's it? Portugal. Uh, maybe. Portugal? Yeah, yeah, Portugal. Yeah. And yeah, they treat it like a public public health issue rather than throwing you in jail for. Yeah, and yeah, they, everything come down. All all yeah. use come down. You know, because people yeah, can go been. in and get the actual drug they're looking for and get it administered by a medical professional. Yeah, safe, so, safe environment. At least it's clean. And, you know, and, and find help, help to get off it if they need to. Exactly, and it helps them. You know, they could, uh, what do they call that when it's not, it's a gradual thing. They don't do it all at once. It's not a cold turkey stop. But yeah, they can yeah, dose you low every time. Yeah. Clean themselves off. Yeah. Yeah. No, just locally in my local city here, we've, we've had a couple of safe injection sites uh, try to be opened as well. So it seems like the country's moving in, in that direction. So that's really uh, promising to hear. Indeed. Um, hopefully it'll take a little bit more root and we'll see some actual progression in it in the, in the laws. So. Yeah, well, Canada seems to be well ahead of everybody else right now. Yeah, well, yeah, it's still got decades of damage to have to undo it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's still people getting thrown in jail here for, for simple possession. You know, based on, seems like race and skin color and stuff. While a lot of the, the big cannabis company executives who are breaking the law and have been found to be breaking the law are getting off with an essential slap or a slap on the wrist type of thing. So it's Shocking. business as usual in that. Yeah. but I mean. It is a little better, you know, than, than a lot of places uh, in the world. So, how's uh, things for we'll you, GB? I am um, just. Uh, we we had a big um, protest on Friday. Unfortunately, I was meant to be there, guys, but I got I got so swamped. So, um, and I was in a different part of the country altogether. So I wasn't able to make it. But it's only a five minute speak. drive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> was that the big protest <laughs> smoke? That was the big, it was the major smoke of 2020. Right. Lads, it went off absolutely smashingly, smashingly from what I see. And um, there was no, there was no disruption. There was no, no, nothing. The guards were well informed. They were there. The guards never inter intervened. They never stopped anything. So like, it could be a bit of a turning point for us here in Ireland that the guards have actually opened up to see that people that smoke weed, it's, they're not all bad. Hmm. It's, it's more expensive it's, uh, to prosecute than it is doing any damage. Oh, well, that's it. Like, and our system over here is so bad, guys. Like, if you're for a first offence, like, say if I got caught, the likelihood of me getting locked up for a year is quite, quite possible. Really? 
Okay. For our first defense hit over in Ireland. Yeah. So like, and how much is that going to cost to lock lock me up? Who's an upstanding model of the community? I thought you were going to just stop there at model, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just. Oh, but yeah, it's 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 madness. And then just on, to touch on the thing that TG was saying, we we over here we um already approved an injection site. It was all got got the go ahead to for it was a safe injection for people with um for heroin and stuff. It was meant to be a safe area they could go so they could dispose of them that they wouldn't have um to, to share these dirty needles and everything. It was shut down by the residents, which I can understand kind of they need to do these in it in certain places, but it was dead smack in the middle of the city centre. It would have been ideal for the, the homeless and the, the the people that really needed it. You know. Well, yeah, yeah, we're, it's it's a good good thing for to see a lot of um, countries are starting to to look at drugs of all sorts. In yeah, it seems countries. to be changing a lot around the place. You know, a lot of countries are starting to change their whole perspective on it now. Yeah, I, yeah, I did an interview works, uh, so. interview to a Percy Grower. I did one with Peter Reynolds, and he was saying that the legalization for cannabis for recreational use is actually against a UN treaty. So, uh, and Canada oh. is breaking the treaty by yeah. having cannabis legal for recreational use. So, yeah. and this is one of the reasons why the UK hasn't taken that step yet. Apparently, we don't want to be breaking a UN treaty. But I think we we are on the uh, on the verge of taking that step now. The world seems, seems to be okay. Back so out of the so. UN. I hate the UN anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Right then, so that's all the news we've got this week because Zombie Nation is asleep. We won't let him live this now. We won't let him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He'll be yeah. on at like two in the morning or something. He's a crazy bastard. Right, so that's the yeah, news and events this I week. Mean, that's the way it is. You know, is that, we lose him one week. You think we'll get him back next week? That's the question. Yeah, yeah, he'll be here. Well, maybe he'll be asleep uh, again next week. We'll just see what happens. Stoners, man. It's like herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> right, so. Now we've got uh, the famous stoner of the week. Look at Morgan's Freeman. Yeah, fucking, I like that picture. <laughs> there he is. So GB, who have we got this week, man? Who is the stoner we should know? Liza, I, I don't know if everyone knows about her, but she is an amazing little old lady. Well, she was, sorry, rest God rest her. Um, her name was Mary Jane Rathbourne, and she was also known as Brownie Mary. Okay. I don't know if anybody Yeah, I don't know who her. she is, man. No. Don't know that one. No. Tell us about her. Guys, this was an amazing, amazing woman. She she classed herself as a little old lady. She was force arrested when she was in her 60s, trying to bring health to people that were suffering with cancer and with from grit, which was which is AIDS, is what they called it back in the day. And She's seen how how much it, it helped and how much it alleviated pain and and stuff and and that's where that's who we're going to be talking about this week. Okay. Yeah, yeah I haven't heard um, of. It. I mean, is that where the name Mary Jane comes from? Right. Uh, I believe so. Okay. So, I didn't even catch that. Well, maybe it's just marijuana, you know, because that's yeah. how it's. Yeah. I don't actually say it like that. I know it's marijuana, but <laughs> I was just <laughs> emphasising that, that J. So everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I don't. Know. That's that's a pet peeve word. It doesn't bother me that much, but to me, once I found out the history of that word, I refuse mm. to use. Yeah, marijuana is a racist term, apparently, right? Well, it is. Well, I guess it's 
it is racist in that they just decided to make up the U.S. government decided to make up a word that sounded Mexican so that they could claim that it was a drug coming out of Mexico. Oh, really? Is that what it was? But it was a word that was um, used in Mexico. It was, or it was really close. I mean, obviously, Spanish they speak a lot better than we do Spanish. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the closest translation is. Um, it was like uh, for a weed that was in, in, in Mex- they have a weed that grows in Mexico that's like very close to marijuana. And so uh, they use that that word to uh, use it. To, so it's, it's just like they just decided to change the name one day to make it sound like a more because everybody had used mm-hmm. up until that point. Everybody we had we've had used cannabis mm-hmm. under that name, the real name cannabis. Yeah. Uh, we had used that in our medicine. It was in our, we, mm-hmm. you could buy it in tincture form. You could buy all kinds of things. There's right, sure. in, in bottles and, and, and so they couldn't say cannabis was bad and it was a bad, crazy drug. Like they said, because everybody knew mm-hmm. what cannabis was right. at the time. And, yeah. and they had a history like a of rebranding, but in the opposite direction. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there was and propaganda basically. Yeah. 1937 with Harry Enslinger and all that. Yeah. But that was another so, thing it was Harry Enslinger was just protecting his job because um, he created that whole department, the uh, Department of uh, ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, yeah. and Firearms. Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. But before, before that, with the there was a department for just enforcing uh, drug. He basically enfor- he he created the department, the drug side of it. What was it called? Man, I'm too stoned. I can't remember the name the of it. The DEA. DEA. Yeah, he created the DEA, and uh, that basically gave him job security at that point. Yeah. So then he could have. Then he could. He had something. He created something for him to go after. So yeah, if you really want to start getting into some of the conspiracies there with the DEA about you know one drug is not bad enough, we need another one, and let's find a different oh. one to make it more vilify this one worse than that one. And yeah, a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah, have it's shocking the damage that. that's been done over the decades because of these stupid well, laws. Well, yeah. it's, what's ridiculous is if you look into the actual. It's congressional record what was said in Congress, right? He yes. actually, he, he, Harry Enslinger actually said that with one puff, he said one puff, and he calls them those marijuana cigarette, he turned into a bat and flew around the room. He said that in front of Congress, and it's in the mm-hmm. congressional record, and people just believed it. What? Damn, I want that weed. <laughs> that's that Egyptian weed we were talking that's about. That's what I'm saying. That's that that's ancient weed <laughs> that's been curing for 2,000 years in an onyx jar. Yeah, yeah. Give me that. We're going to call that strain Batman. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's all kinds of stupid reasons why cannabis is illegal. And yeah, like, like we said in the news earlier, luckily for us and uh, the world seems to be moving slowly, slowly in, in the right direction, but we still got a ways to go. But yeah. And then yeah. even when it is legalized everywhere, there's still the whole stigma to change from the older generations who yeah, don't understand absolutely. it. And we'll always see it as the devil's lettuce. You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like what I say to everybody. I was like, all of that is true. But if you look at where we are at today from where we were at even 20 years ago, mm. it's far more accepted now and the reason for that is obviously legalization and and all that and people will try it more but i think what we can do every single person listening all you have to do is be a good human being don't be a fucking asshole be just a a good human being be a good neighbor be a good citizen and um and smoke weed you're a representation for cannabis culture so when people see good people or awesome people you know doing great things and also smoking cannabis they start changing their mind. When Michael Phelps broke the record of how many uh, 
golds he got in one in one Olympics, and then came out that he smokes weed too. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's good. That's how we yeah. that's how we change people's minds. That's that's how you do it because yeah. I mean, you got Elon are... Musk hitting a reefer and then designing one of the best cars yeah. in the world. You know, the only celebrities <laughs> yeah. back in the day were rappers that would talk about this, but now you have Whoopi Goldberg, you have you know Ellen DeGeneres, you have all these kind of Morgan Freeman. Yeah, like I don't know. What that's why this is a great the, section. The stereo, yeah, the stereotypical, yeah, stereotypical kind of white picket fence listening people. They like that stuff, so obviously, yeah, it's it's for everybody. It's just don't be a dick. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Green Bear, what's that picture you've thrown up? Is that a picture of Mary Jane? Oh, that was a, a picture of Brownie Mary. Okay, there you go. I love that shit, a, man. A really nice old lady. But yeah, yep. I, I, I'll go back to her here for a minute, guys, because she she done so such good things. Like she she rode shoulders with some of the best. Like she she was involved with Dennis Perron. She was involved with Harvey Milk with Pop nice. Pop. Yeah. everything. She she was just a big activist straight across the board. Like she was she left school when she was thirteen after she she wouldn't she wouldn't let a nun beat her, so she bet the nun back and she left home. She ran away. She became a waitress. This was back in 1922, guys, when she was born. She was born, so like she ran away from home in like 1935. Okay, now she was only 14. She became a waitress. Yeah, you know, she looked at. She had her own. She kept her own apartment. She done all this when in a time when women weren't allowed to do this. Like, mm. Yeah, know, different times as well, isn't it? Completely different times in the in the mid when she was in her mid. Mid, um, mid teens. You know, just imagine this woman in the 1930s going, fuck you, man, I love weed. Oh, <laughs> really? Love. Really? Fucker. Yeah. Oh, boys, it's just, it's just crazy, like, this this woman. Well, not crazy, you know what I mean. But, like, she, she fought for minors' rights all across the Midwest. You know? And then she she fought for feminism and for the rights for uh, female reproductives in, like, 1947. This is way before any of the feminism of the 60s and 70s and stuff. You know, like she she has always been active in, in some sort of activism. She took a bit of a break when she, during the 50s, when she had, um, she got married and she had a daughter, Peggy. But unfortunately, Peggy, Peggy died um, 22 years later, I think it was. She was hit by a drunk driver in Nevada. Yeah, and... Um, what happened then is Peggy, Peggy, Peggy was already separated and everything, or not Peggy, sorry, um, Brownie Mary was separated and everything. She was divorced a long time, so she was on her own. She went back, she moved to the Castro district, and in the Castro district is where she started meeting a lot of people. And um, in, in the cannabis, like she was very good friends with Dennis Perron. She used to sell her, her goods in his big top pot shop. Um, she used to sell sell all her stuff. She had billboards and she'd have flyers stuck all around town for her her delicious, magically delicious brownies. Mm. Oh, that's what them so delicious. I yeah, love the delicious well, brownies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, when you say and, magically de- delicious, was it like yeah. magic mushroom delicious, or was it just weed delicious? I think it was just weed delicious. To be honest, <laughs> I think um, you see, it's she was in her. Yeah, she was Delicious. in her 50s at this stage, guys, and she was getting she coming near retirement. So she she was doing this as a, a side piece to make a bit of extra money for her into her retirement. Sweet. And unfortunately, 
Alas, on one of the fateful nights on January 14th, 1981, Johnny Lawman caught up with her and came up, caught her at the door. 18 pounds of cannabis. Oh, oh I would have ate at least a pound. Just <laughs> ate it. I would have been in jail. I would have been happy. So well, what happened to her? She was arrested, right? She was arrested and, and she got um, she got three years probation and then she got 500 hours community service. She'd done her community service with the Shanty Project, and it was in the Shanty Project where she discovered uh, the Shanty Project, Sherry Lads, was all about um, helping the, the AIDS crisis and everything of the 80s, cool. uh, because nobody nobody really wanted to have anything to do with them. Back then, yeah. it was an unknown right. virus. They thought it was contagious. They didn't, it didn't bother her. She went straight in. Um, she knew she knew that it, it was a wasting disease and that it was the lack of the appetite. Uh, that that was one of the main causes that was the fast, fast things to killing them. Um, and she realized that the brownies, brownies helped. And when she finished up her community service, she continued on to volunteer for the rest of her life. But she made brownies then, and she made them every day, and she gave them, but she gave them out freely to, to her children, to her kids is what she called them. Uh, had cool. HIV because she had no kids left. Oh and yeah, she was a yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, she was a really like she was often she was seen seen walking down the road crying with tears in her eyes about the the state of of the kid of of society back then. Yeah, and how people were just treated so badly. Oh, she was involved as well as in Proposition Six. She was probably an interesting lady, and she's done a lot in a time where it was difficult to get shit done. You know, With all she the shit which we've got, which so we got at our fingertips nowadays. You know, don't yeah. just sit around and get stoned, man. Try and get involved in some kind of activism. I remember the days without without the internet. Believe it or not, I, I've been alive that long. I, I remember, can remember real libraries where they had you know no electronics. You had to do things in books. I reset my modem today. Turned it off for like five minutes to make sure that all the <laughs> everything was fresh for the podcast today. My kids were freaking out after five minutes. Five minutes, wow. man. I was wow. like, I used to go outside and play with a stick. You know, <laughs> things are so fucking different nowadays, man. Yeah. But you know, I put the internet back on. Karma was restored. Everybody was happy again. You know, times yeah. have changed so much. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing, man. It's a good thing. We're moving forward. I would, I would say she's a step above famous. I mean, goddamn, that's like cannabis yeah. saint. Yeah, that's yeah. cannabis saint. <laughs> like honor in the hall of fame, stone yeah, hall of fame, man. We should change the section, cannabis. Man. Cannabis saint Mother Teresa. Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. So with that, we should move forward onto the grow guide section of the show. Here we go. Uh -huh. I like that little tune. That's a nice little jammy tune. That is. Right. So this week we're gonna uh, we're gonna cover grow mediums and how to choose which grow medium is the best for you, because there's lots of different ways to grow cannabis and lots of different mediums you can use. So, and each one is going to be different depending on what circumstances you're in. So is, you take a look at your own circumstances and decide which medium is going to be best for you. It might be hydro or living soil or cocoa. But we're mm -hmm. going to try and help you decide which one is going to be the right one for you. So Spartan, you want to take this first, mate? You, sure. you know loads and you're highly experienced in organic and cocoa. 
Yeah. So what I would, if I got asked this question by somebody, if somebody was new and they said, you know, what, what should I go medium wise? I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be like an interview to them. I'm, I'm going to be asking all about them because mm. the answer to the question is, is, is basically what can you, you know, what's available for them to get easily. Um, what situation are they in? Are they, you know, what market are we talking about? <laughs> and that's going to change a lot of things. Um, obviously, if you are doing something that might not be, if you're doing something that might be frowned upon by um, the law, then you don't want to create paper trails towards yourself or your address. So that changes a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like when you got to source what you can locally kind of a thing. But if you're like, for example, with me, where it's legal for us to, for me to grow here, in my yard if I wanted to, but, uh, actually not where I live. Cause it's, but I could, if I enclosed it anyhow, I could order things online and have them shipped directly to my house with no worry about people knowing my address. So yeah. that opens up a lot more, um, variety for me. And then it just goes to like my style of growing and how I would figure out what style of growing I like is to grow in all the different styles until I find the style that I like. Um, and it works well for me, but for beginners, I always tend to go to, I usually have two options, either soil, some sort of soil, which is usually a peat or cocoa, which would be like a, a hydroponic. And yeah. you could branch off of those two things and go in 10 different directions. But that's where I'd like to start with beginners is either cocoa or soil. They're both highly available usually. And, um, I don't know. I think the best, the best of the two mediums, um, for beginners. See, I think cocoa is the best for beginners. But again, it depends on what your what your own circumstances are, how much time you have to dedicate to the grow, and whether yeah. it's legal or not for you. It's always going to make a difference. Do you have enough room to make your soil if you decide to go with a super soil? You know, you yeah. kind of need a space for that to sit and cook in a big drum and to roll it around. And you know, do you want to explain that, TJ? You want to go through that whole living soil thing? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess in, in my situation. Um, if somebody asked me, just like if somebody asked Spartan, I would, I would interview them as well. And and if somebody were to interview me, being being a geologist by trade, I, I sometimes go away for two to three weeks at a time. So I needed something that that my partner here was able to take care of um, while I was away. Um, and super soil kind of fits that profile in that once once you mix it, like all the hard work's kind of done in the beginning. You mix all your nutrients and all that kind of stuff in and cook it and make it ready to go. And then after that, all you got to do is you add properly pH water for the, for the duration of the grow. My girlfriend is, is a chemist. You know, she's, she's smart in that kind of way, but she's not just on the greenest thumb. So she's able to mix a little bit of pH down in some water. But other than that, um, so yeah, this my, and I'm just saying my in my situation, the super soil worked a lot and a lot better. Um, but yeah, it's, it all depends on, I guess, really what you have available do you have enough room for that and yeah do you want to go through all that um super soil can be a bit messier you you end up you can end up with more bugs i guess just from having uh having them into the soil but you can run into the same issues in cocoa and hydro too so it's it's just more more about being clean or clean in the grow room and all that kind of stuff Mm. but um yeah it's it's all situation i would say um and what you have available uh, versus what is like you know, you've heard works really well. Everybody knows, or everybody's heard that hydro grows the hugest buds, but you know, you might and not organic grows and tastiest and all of these things, you know, but they yeah, are exactly. pretty much rumors. I, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to opinion, say. It's a, in my opinion for myself, when I grew, when I grow something hydroponically or I grow something organically, 
I damn sure get better flavor in organic and you're not going to yeah. convince me otherwise. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just that's, that's what you get. That's what you get. Yeah. So I'd, I'd want to see some is, double blind studies and see if it well, can actually okay, be done. Yeah, how about, how about, <laughs> no, how about I just want to be just, in the double blind study. That's yeah, that's what I'm just, saying. Yeah, how would I just explain this? How would I just explain this um, citizen scientifically, which means way we can understand it. So kelp is the fastest growing plant on this earth that we know of. And if you grab kelp out of the ocean, they, well, they have, and, and they've done tissue samples on it. And they found as many as 82, I want to say 82, I think the number is 83, but I'll say 82 just to make sure I'm correct. They found 82 different nutrients in that, in that plant, in that kelp. So that tells me that when science, now the history of the, the NPK and the salt-based nutrients mm -hmm. is basically that after World War II, we had all this nitrogen laying around and we had to figure out what to do with it. So that's, we figured out we can grow stuff with it. Originally, the NP, right now, the NPK we hear of, those are your, your macro, your major nutrients, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Uh -huh. uh, at the beginning, that's what they thought all you needed, those three. That's all you needed. Because cr plants grew okay with those three major. Mm. But plants, the way plants grow is it's the law of the minimums. So what that means is that all the elements that it needs, if once it runs out of one thing, it starts, that's where you start losing things. Once it, you know, even if it's only needs a tenth of a gram every other mm. year, just micrograms. A, yeah, it's a micro, a micronutrient. But if it's not there, it makes a difference yeah. for all the other ones. It might even lock out other nutrients. You might, you have to have a micronutrient to unlock some other nutrients. Mm -hmm. A long story short, we know that a plant can uptake at least eighty-two minerals, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and salt-based nutrients only like twenty-one. Them, yeah, synthetically, we're giving them maybe yeah, maybe twenty, twenty-five tops. And, you know, we're stripping everything out of the water and get them RO water. So there's nothing in there. Mm. So the only thing we're giving those plants, if they're growing in an inert medium, is not even half of what it can uptake. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think, it's, I think it's in there. I think in, in that, which we don't understand yet, we don't, you know, obviously. But uh, we're, it, it happens to be in there, I think, is where you're missing something synthetically. I don't think that synthetic can't produce good tasting bud i think that it's almost impossible to guess each cultivar each strain what micronutrient it's going to want and how much mm -hmm. but when you're in organics you don't have to guess as long as it's there that's right you know what i mean it's in a buffer the, right i can the plant or yeah. the microbes can seek it out yeah the plant takes what it needs when it needs if it needs it sort of thing very good point man i like mm -hmm. yeah that's why i think that for a new grower this is my almost always my suggestion for a new grower here in Michigan, because the, the, I always have to say that caveat, because this is not probably available even for you guys to order there. And that's, there's a pre-bag mixes here of soil that have already been built. Um, we have one here in Michigan it's called M3 mix. It's actually available. Uh, that's what I thought you were going for M3. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Good it's stuff. great. Yeah. And we so can't get it over here bag. in the UK. <laughs> you can get it in the UK. No, we can't. No. Yeah, as I say, there is some companies so that do make um, a fully built living soil. So, so I don't really know. Expensive how though, hey? yeah, I mean, you can make pound it for 50 liters. You could use it as a base for a living soil, but hmm. I would, for a, a beginning grower, I would say grab a bag of this soil and put water on it. Learn to water. 
learn to water correctly. And I would walk them through that process. But mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the biggest hurdle for a new grower is learning how to water properly. Yeah. And in fact, it's, it's the biggest probably for 80% of growers out there is to yeah, learn. This how is to why water. I like cocoa, man. It's really hard to overwater in cocoa, you know? Oh, it's like, this is why I love to grow in a sip container with soil because I get the flavor and I don't have to worry about water. It, it waters <laughs> itself. Sweet. Yeah. So that's, that's what I recommend. And that's why I recommend, that's what I recommend to people for that are new growers. I like say these sip containers um, that I use, you can fit four of them almost perfectly in a four by four. And, um, and what a sip container, sip stands for sub irrigated planner, S I P sub irrigated planner. And all it is, is there's like a res in the bottom. Yeah. There's like auto pots. Yeah. Not quite an auto pot, but okay. uh, similar. Uh, but yeah, auto pot is another example of a sip. That's just a different, this version of this sip planner that I have has no moving parts. Um, and so there's like nowhere for it to fail. Nice. And so the soil sits down in the, the corner of each pot. Imagine a square pot. Each corner, one corner has a like a PVC tube because that's the what you will water through. All right. Mm -hmm. And then the other four corners are open for the soil to go all the way to the bottom of the pot. But there's a platform, a plastic platform that holds probably a good, what do we say? I don't know, metric. It's uh, 2.54 centimeters to an inch, and I'd say about six inches. So about, yeah, I don't know what that is. About 15 12. centimeters ish. Yeah. 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 It gives you about, it'll hold two gallons of water. It, it's yeah. so it's only yeah, this tall. And then there's Eight a plastic meters. grate that sits over that top of that, and all your soil goes on that grate. Your roots will grow through the grate, but your soil sits above it. Nice. And then the water, when you fill it through that tube, um, the top of your soil doesn't get super wet, so you don't have to worry about fungus gnats and things like that. Mm. I would do a mulch layer of straw or something just to keep it from evaporating a lot of water. And then uh, you fill up that water underneath. That water touches the soil level. The soil absorbs it like a sponge at yeah, the rate that it needs it. At the rate that it needs it. Mm. So for me to guess when to water, I'm not lifting things. I'm not doing any of that. I'm looking through the tube with a flashlight. If I see water, I don't, I don't water it. Beautiful. If I see, if I see it's empty, I give it water. And I know that in that water res, there's overflows too. So you can't overwater. It'll just spill out. So I've actually watered it several times until it spilled out and realized that I can put a gallon and a half into each container when they're completely empty and it won't overfill. So that's what I do. I don't even waste any water. All of the water that I put into my system is uptaken by the plant. So I'm saving water and um, I'm watering perfectly because the plant's uptaking the water it needs at the rate that it needs it. And I'm not having to guess. And it's in the soil system too. So I can, I can do all my organic techniques and, and get that flavor pop I'm looking for. And it's super, it's- you make, know, it, you make it sound easy, you know? It is easy because <laughs> it is. Uh, I've found that uh, people who start off in soil and move to hydro have difficulty in hydro and vice versa. People who start in hydro have difficulty in soil. I think the watering technique is a big problem. You know, the, the changing watering technique between the two different mediums. There's a big difference. Nutrition needs as well, though. I mean, the, mm. the, when, when you're moving from one media to the other, you know, the buffer, the buffer factor seems to throw a lot of new growers off. Yeah. When to feed. When to feed, if to feed. If to feed, yeah. It's difficult, man. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. It takes practice. Yeah, the you best way, grow. 
explain it to new growers or people switching from it's usually people going from soil to wanting to try to chase yields and right. um the biggest thing to wrap there like you said maggie you're perfect it's like it's a different world totally different mindset and what i tell them mm -hmm. to change their mind as i said when you think of the soil you're thinking of it like a uh you know like you're just it's an organism yeah, but when you think of cocoa, it's completely like you, the soil, you know, that you have to, like I was saying, you let it dry out before you water it again. Yeah. Whereas cocoa, you have to think of it more like a sponge. You, the cocoa doesn't yeah. have any nutrients in it. You just want it to hold the nutrient. So right. when it starts to dry out, that's bad. Mm -hmm. You want it to be saturated. Exactly. So the completely different mindset It's almost opposite of each other. Yeah. And that's why so many people struggle when they go from one to the other, you know what I mean? Or they'll try one way and be terrible and then water the, try the other way and water the same way and be really good. And they say, well, it's way better to do it this way. No, you were watering wrong the other way. They're yeah. both good. <laughs> <laughs> They're both good. You just got to know how to do either way. What about full hydro? Does anybody, you know, like DWC or ebb and flow? None of you guys do like that, right? I've done uh, DWC. Yeah, I've done DWC. It's nice just, and easy. It wasn't difficult. No, I like to do. I would do it again. It's just for in my situation, uh, I don't have a water chiller, so yeah. I can't do that when it's warm right now. Like right now, the only time I can do a DWC grow is in the winter time, and I will. I'll do it every now and then because I have. I always go to cannabis events, and they usually have people with booths handing out free samples. Hmm. Once I get enough free samples to do a run. <laughs> I'll do a synthetic run and get rid of the samples, man. No, nice. there you go. There you go. That's here's a quick, easy, super cheap way for an insecticide is taking uh, look into soap nuts. You can get soap nuts. It's like a, I think they come off a tree and it's the shells that you're using. You can order them online, bags of them. People use them to wash their laundry and things like that. Hmm. But uh, it's really cheap. Like that's another thing is laundry soap that you get to store is extremely expensive. You can go online and get recipes and things to just use soap nuts to wash just about anything in your house. Um, but you can make insecticide with it and spray your plants with it. And so, so now it's an organic insecticide that just, it works really well. What I do, I would, I would uh, look into Clactimus Coop and his soap nuts mm. regime. But uh, what I do because I'm lazy and I just do what works for me is I take a couple of those soap nuts, they're about a round ball like that, and mm -hmm. I pop them, in, pop them into a, just a regular one liter hand spray, you know, regular spray bottle, and I fill that up with water and just let it soak in there and then never take them out. And I just, every day or every other day or whenever, I'll go in and I'll spray my plants in veg with that, and it, it'll, on contact, it'll just eat away the skeleton of the, uh, the exoskeletons on the... Uh, mm -hmm on the insects so it's not going to be a preventative but it's going it's going to if you hit something with it it'll kill them but it won't hurt the plant at all mm. in fact it's uh full of saponins so um it's almost like aloe aloe is full of yeah. tons of saponins so it's an insecticidal kind of soap is what you're telling me then basically yeah yeah yep very cool very cool you know and so and yeah and when my my water goes empty or getting close to empty i just fill it back up with water and, and let it set oh again go again yep nice and easy man you've got it all planned out <laughs> every step How of the way yeah nice and How many easy refills can I, you get off of one one soap nut you know i don't dude i i just shake it and if i don't see bubbles anymore it's time to replace the soap nut in other words it goes a long time <laughs> it goes away dude at least a month oh okay excellent excellent and you can get a bag of them for super cheap 10 12 bucks or something on amazon or if you're lucky enough to find them in a store around 
But yeah, soap nuts, man. Look into soap nuts. Super cheap and they make your life. <laughs> like my little sip containers where they have the little res in the bottom. I just yeah. drop a soap nut down there. So I have one down in there to keep in the reses nice and clean the whole time. Wow. See, I've never heard of soap <laughs> nuts before. This is new. It must have been a change yeah, in the simulation. <laughs> I just like an upgrade and organic. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge organic like terrorist or anything, but uh, if you can, why not? You know, I've, tr I've tried growing organically. It's just difficult. You know, when you're used to growing in cocoa for so long, you just used to watering the plants every 24 hours with food. It's it's like learning how to grow again to some extent. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's different. I, for me, I love that stuff. You know, that's why I've got. I was talking on another show. I said, uh, you know, if someone tells me you can't do that, that's the first thing I want to do. <laughs> so, for in example, there, yes. Uh, so everybody shits on autoflowers in the United States. So I've got <clears throat> autoflowers. I've got autoflowers that I grow. I have a mother tent, right? And it's a, it's actually a large tent for a mother tent, but it's a, it's a four by eight. So it's basically two four by fours in there. Yeah. And uh, so on one side are my mom's and on the other side, I've got living soil, cocoa based living soil because they said you can't do cocoa living soil. So I I'm doing see why not? Yeah, it's just right. Nice, so all it? I did was replace peat. You know how? Yeah. In the, yeah. And the, the, replace the peat with cocoa. That's all I did. And then I did worm castings and, so um, it, it looks just like soil now because it's on about its fifth or sixth cycle. And I do autos in there. So in my mother tent, I'm pulling flour every uh, two, three months. I get, I get flour out of my mother tent. And, right. I, I, too, right? That's pretty good. and I, I treat these auto, I feel bad, but I treat these autos like truly automatic, like an automatic plant. All I really do is give it water. <laughs> if, if, if they suffer, they suffer. I don't give a damn because those are just <laughs> autos and I don't care. And, I'll tell you what, man, they do great. <laughs> they just do great. They just work. It's just free, free flower. Yeah, it's just free flower. And I just, and uh, I've, I've, like I said, I'm about five cycles deep. And in between cycles, I'll throw a top dress down of uh, maybe like a calcium source, like oyster shell. And then uh, I'll throw down like an, an all in one, like worm castings, you know what I mean? To recharge yeah. the soil in between. Or, uh, there's a couple of products like uh, build a soil. They sell a craft blend, which is like a blend of a lot of, instead I could go out and buy each component and do that top dress myself, but somebody's doing it for me already. And I love how thorough Jeremy over there at build a soil is with, you know, when he, he won't carry anything until he tests it himself. He doesn't care about the manufacturer's supplied test results. He sends it out to be independently tested himself. Oh, so right. I just respect that. You yeah, know what I mean? Good. So yeah. That's where it I makes work. it like he's going to use it himself. Yeah. It's important. There's a lot of snake oil out there. So it's exactly. Good. And he's got all the, he sells books and research and shares all the research behind his products, which I love that kind of stuff. So I, um, I got, I actually just ordered some of that craft blend and I'll be using that in between, but something like that, um, down to earth fertilizers, they come in boxes and most, you see, you can't get those in I the see. UK. I've tried, man, I've hunted for can't, those. Uh, but those guys, they have one called BioLive. That's the same kind of a product where it's a, it's a bunch of different things. I, I'm using that for right now for top dress in between. But, man, I'm getting two to three. I think the lowest I pulled was just under two ounces off of one of the autos in there. And I've gotten as much as like four or five ounces. And I'm literally just giving them water. And that's it. Nothing nice. to complain about. Yeah, that's Nothing it. at all. Yeah. yeah. Lights on anyway. So, yeah, might as well. That's awesome. But I mean, I'm not growing my regular. I mean, I'm growing photos for for real. 
production. Right. <laughs> of course, yeah. And yeah, that's what I do, yeah. yeah. Autos on the side. <laughs> some photos for a decent yield. But, you know, I grow in cocoa. I just find it a lot easier. It takes up more time because, obviously, you have to water every day. Keep the medium moist. But it, it does well for me. I enjoy it like that. But I do want to move to living soil one day. But it's hard to source all the ingredients in the UK. Or if you can source them, they're expensive. They're very expensive. Sure. But the, but what you can do when it comes to organics is you can trade convenience. Like you said, where do I buy these things? That's yeah. convenience. You can trade convenience with your own physical labor. So it depends on how, how bad do you want it, man. Because oh, man, I've got this lovely soil that's been built in the back garden and just like all the old stems and leaves and everything just built up over time with, with little bits of fruits and veg from the kitchen. And it's like black, beautiful, beautiful compost. And I could mix that with some cocoa and make some living soil and give it a shot. But I don't want bugs, man. I went to organics and I, I've been growing for like 10 years and I went to organic for like a year, a short period. And I was just had problems with bugs for the whole time. And that's the first time I ever had bugs in the grow room was when I moved to organics. So what then kind of back to you, cocoa. Uh, thrips were a bastard, thrips. So, yeah, they can come in in the soil. So, yeah, they so came the in way, in the soil. The best, yeah, the best way, I was just going to say, the best way to control uh, bug issues in organics is to treat them with other bugs in the soil. Uh, yeah, but then you don't get shit all over your buds, man. Fucking <laughs> 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 That's not even <laughs> No, that's not even true. They don't. Oh, no, they oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ladybugs. If you're using big bugs, yeah, you know, uh, mm. using lady beetles, things like that. But what I'm saying is, in the soil, man, you can, for example, you can get. There's a byproduct from them making neem oil, and that's neem cake. It's the yeah. yes. You know, grab that neem cake, put that through uh, in with your mix, your soil mix, and now you've already got an insecticide in your soil where those pests are going to have to go eventually. To pupate. That's where that's where they lay their eggs. Is in yeah. the soil. Sometimes in the plant, but uh, they'll eventually have to come to the soil, and, the, and that's the soil will take them out. Mm. Uh, get some nematodes. Uh, SF. I can't pronounce it, so I'll tell you. There, it's SF is the uh, is the initial. It's like Stradio something something whatever. Where's Matthew Gates when we need him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can he can rattle it right off. But uh, the SF uh, nematodes, they will uh, they'll roll around in the soil and they'll eat all of the uh, larvae too. So I mean, there's yeah, there's answers. Mother Nature provides an answer, but yeah. uh, it's just there's a little bit more effort to it, though. And, I mean, I think that, I that's think what in Mackie's the start, you know, in in the start, in the start. All up, there's a lot of yeah. Effort. I think that you would cook I, and everything, you know. Those nematodes are Steiner Nema Feltier, if anybody cares or wants to check them out. Very effective. I use them on every grow. Oh, Have to get some on Tuesday. See, GB, GB, you recently, you haven't been growing very long. What made you decide to choose cocoa? Um, I think it was just easier Yeah. for me. You know, it's, I, see, I see the results. I, I know it's, for me, it's just a lot easier if I'm having a deficiency or if mm -hmm. I'm having an issue somewhere along. A quick flush, it does the job. I do a mini flush kind of every day because I give, I normally give each of my plants um, five liters. I don't know what that is in gallons, but um, five liters of water every day. So I, I get a good, good bit of runoff. So yeah. I know it's always good, fresh salts every day going in. I will say that I, I think that the advantage of cocoa is control. You control everything. Yeah. 
And with that control, you can, or it's almost like driving a race car. You can go a hell of a lot faster down the road, but one little mistake and you're in the wall and, and the disaster could be a lot. But when you run into issues, you can correct those issues way faster in cocoa usually mm -hmm. than you can in, in soil. Like uh, green, green was just saying, it's like, you can't really flush soil, but you can flush out right. cocoa pretty quick. Yep. This is one of the reasons why I enjoy it, you know? So it's important to start with a good soil mix so you don't, you know, overdo yeah. the nitrogen or something. Cause you but that's really it. It takes take research to find out what a good soil mix is. Yeah. yeah, especially if, if you started one. with a quality soil, you'd probably have a much better chance. And mm -hmm. a lot of times we see people starting with just something they found over at the local garden center and you have no idea what's even in the mix. And mm -hmm. Of course, first well, thing you get is deficiencies the there yeah. and hope for the best. I do intend to go and, and give um, TG's recipe a, a go yeah, I want to well. if I can get all of the stuff here it's just it was really only it was necessity for me that I went with cocoa I just hadn't got the time and I hadn't got mm. I hadn't got the patience to try and make a soil I forced and I just I, I was afraid I would fuck it up too easy you know yeah. so that's, that's you have to remember yet. this is this is how I approach things is because I <clears throat> I've grown th in a lot of different ways and because I love trying different stuff don't for example, if you have, if you grow four plants and you're growing in, in cocoa now and you want to try soil, try one plant in soil. Don't try mm -hmm. all four plants in soil because you, you're going to want to stick with what you know and you know you can get some medicine out of and just risk one of those. Don't risk all of them. That's right. Yeah. And then until one, you learn it and once you get it down, you're like, okay, I can get the same or better results this way. Then switch, then switch over to everything. You know what I mean? It's, it's just better to do it that way. Yeah, I think so it's there. all about flavor and I'd love to do the live in the soil organic thing, but the bugs and getting all the ingredients just makes it difficult, but I'm definitely going to do it again one day. It's something I want to do. Well, it's how um, I want to grow. But it's just, it's just easier to do cocoa. Where yeah, I'm I like Spartan's idea. Oh. Yeah. oh, go ahead. Greenbird. Go ahead. I, I, I like Spartan's um, concept, the way you grow with the pots or uh, with the soil. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. There's something I'm going to look into for when I'm going to do. It would make sense for me because I, I grow outdoors. I have to go in and out and in and out and in and out. So if I could do a system or even set up an auto feed system of some sort, it, it would suit me so much better. Yeah, um, and those ones will hold, uh, like you said, you, you said five liters. That's I feed a little bit more than that on those. <clears throat> so I believe a liter is a little bit more than a quart and we can get four quarts into our gallon here. So uh, that's right. Yeah. With your five, four. that's a little bit over a gallon. You're a little over a gallon there. And when they're drinking their hardest, I'm usually, they can usually drink it empty in a day yeah. and I'm putting in a gallon and a half. So that would probably be what's, what's a gallon and a half. That's probably what six liters yeah. somewhere in that right, area. It's short of six. Yeah. So yeah, so you're you're watering already about the same volume, except for my plants are pulling all that water up, mm. and I'm not having any runoff. They must be loving it. Mm. And that's the soil; it's not in the cocoa. Oh. So there we go. Recommended medium would be living organic soil. <laughs> right, quality living soil or cocoa, soil. man. And you know, if you soil want to find cocoa. a recipe for the organic soil as well, then Temple Grower has got a nice recipe, which you got is modified from Subcool's recipe, right, TG? Yeah, no, it's it's just a, an amalgamation of Vic High, Subcool, and Clackamas Coot all kind of melded into a local version that 
that I was, uh, I just tried to source. My big thing is source everything as locally as possible. Yeah, that's, like, that's definitely if, right. Yeah. You know, if the well, bag says or, organic and it still comes from Indonesia, the bat caves or something, but that's like a lot of where, that's where a lot of the soft rock uh, phosphate comes from. It's, I don't really classify that as organic because, you know, it's 3,000 miles away and all these different things. So, right. Yeah, I don't know. But that's right. a, that's another discussion, maybe for a different episode. Indeed. <laughs> organic versus carbon footprints. Yeah. yeah. Organic so might be quote, might yeah. be of the earth, but it, yeah, you, you burned a lot of diesel to get it where you're sitting. Right. If you can get chicken manure from a local farmer, then do that. You know. Yeah. Yep. No, or even better, keep some chickens. Right. So let's move eggs. on to a yeah. strain of the day. week this right. week, then, lads. Strain of the week. Here we right. go. <laughs> I love the intros, man. Here we go. Yeah. Monkey, what we got this week, man? Oh, this week, uh, I wanted to talk about something that everybody at, at Percy seems to be doing a lot of, and that is Purple Punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, got, a, got a lot of grows going on. I think, Mackie, you just finished a big grow Actually, on Purple Punch. Yeah, now you've mentioned it. I'm going to roll a split for my Purple Punch. Let me grow some Oh, <laughs> made, made you hungry for it. You know, Cody's li- live taste review. <laughs> I've never grown Purple Punch, so only I can tell you is what the encyclopedia tells me, you know, that basically this is just a hybrid between Granddaddy Purple and Larry OG. Well, I've grown many, many, many plants, but I've never had anything this purple. It's absolutely ridiculously purple. It's like, there's no green left in it. It's purple and orange from the pistols. And it's not cold derived it's just no 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 mate because i had um passion fruit from dutch passion going at the same time i had one purple punch and two passion fruit Uh and the the passion fruit were green like a normal cannabis plant is but Mm. damn this is purple as i understand it from an origin story that that uh that purple punch kind of has a little bit of a history with the name of this podcast just hold it to my microphone here so you can smell it yeah, got it. I think yeah, <laughs> Mackie yeah, was trying to figure out what the name of the podcast <laughs> should be, and he had just gotten uh, yeah. uh, rolled a nice big fatty on this on the purple punch, right. and I on homegrown came to be. Yeah, that works, man. I like that. Yeah, yeah, this is a good, really nice. uh, Carry on, sorry, monkey. I'm oh, sorry about that, man. I, I didn't mean to walk on you. Um, it said stress, depression, pain. Uh, basically, sounds like something that anything you would use a heavy indica for. This would be a really good med. So that, that would be real good. And uh, Mackie, the flavors, what are we looking at? Uh, grape, fruit punch, it's, lemon? It's earthy. It's got a mix of a lot in there, man. Mm. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a, I mean, there's an aftertaste of Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola, Spartan, man. You, you ever grown this one, Spartan? Uh, I've smoked purple punch, and I didn't want to grow it after that. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> it. Okay, so tell me then, uh, that'd be interesting to me. Why why wouldn't you want us uh, to grow it? Okay, for me, it had the look. It had the look. It looked great. Um, I liked mm-hmm. purple. One of my favorite plants ever that got away, I don't have anymore, was a purple strain. But um, when I smoked it, I didn't get high, so I, I wasn't right. super impressed. And then the flavor, and I didn't grow it, so and nobody that I knew grew it, I, grew it at a, I bought it at a cannabis cup, so I'm not exactly sure how it was grown, so it might not have been a great representation, but... Uh, it just was uh, lacking in flavor, you know. Well, I, so, I did, I did get like uh, what Mackie's saying, like an earthiness, like, but there was nothing else to it. I didn't get any uh-huh. Coca Cola or anything like that, or sweetness or any of that. Wow. Okay. So, well, I'll take that as a as a 
professional, high quality review there, you know, from somebody who, <laughs> think, who, who, who smoked the bowl or two in his day. Well, we have That's to remember important. that you have to remember, though, we're talking about cannabis and people will take cannabis and they'll call it whatever the fuck they want to call it, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. You know, Mackie got his from a seed from a breeder. That's I would trust that more than yeah, something I bought is, at a booth. This is Barney's Farm Purple Punch. I know for a fact. Yeah, <laughs> see, so I would trust that over, a, you know, me walking up to a, a booth at a High Times Cup and seeing a hype yeah. string name. Uh, see, unless Barney's put it in the wrong packaging, but uh, you know that's not very likely. <laughs> no. Here but we anyway, go. what that this was important. a Supernova Gardens uh, strain, right? I'm not sure, yeah. man. No, I, I that's that, that, that's the only thing guys. I could find on it. Who who bred it? The only thing I could find was Supernova Gardens. Originally. Never heard of them before. Mm. Yeah, I never heard of them before. It must be a, a, a different company, though. But anyway, that's, that one's high on my list now. I have to try it, even though Spartan mm. says it's not worth the time. I'm, no, I'm really, going to have to go ahead and try it really. anyway. <laughs> really. And if, it, and if it's you good, I'll go ahead to, and you know roll you one for him and tag him on Insta. <laughs> No, I think Spartan made a really good point. And like when people make the judgment about their their weed, unless you you can vouch or verify where it came from, yeah, you might be growing super shittily. So that's a super important point that a lot of people kind of forget that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing on that point to just to further that a little bit. What's amazing to me is, is like for the Michigan Bros Grow Show, the show that I'm on, all of us are real life friends. You know, the show is based, everybody is from Michigan. So we're, you know, within a drive from each other anyway. So we're all pretty good friends and it's, we share genetics, obviously. And it's wonderful to, to share genetics with somebody, come back, you know, three, four months later and then smoke those genetics and and compare how different they are, you know, from different, just from different growth styles, you get way different expressions. It's, yeah, it's it's a great experience to do. So I always encourage people to share everything. Everybody's first instinct is to hold on to everything. Don't do that shit. Share it with all your friends. I'm not saying to share it with everybody. Share it with all your friends. And then if it's really special, something you really like, I'm saying share it. And, and the reason is... Get it is, out there in the world. Yeah, well, no. The reason is it's a selfish reason. And I've, I've, I've benefited from this many times. And it's sometimes shit just happens. Power goes out. It doesn't matter what the reason. And you lose a strain. Well, it's not lost if your buddy has it. It's not lost uh-huh. if someone yeah. down the street has it. Yeah, and that saved my ass I don't know how many times. So share that Sweet. shit, man. Yeah, I, think I, I think there was an interview with Subcool where he was talking about how he was actually had rebuilt some of his strings that way from people who had had them and he actually took them back and, and backbred things. It was very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. That's yep. why I've he, given out so many seeds, you know, testing, you know. I'm yeah. still trying to get to those. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, I backed up in the tent. I've got to send you something anyway, monkey. And I think I've got some ready. Yeah, I've got lots of TGC actually. So I'll send uh, you a little batch, man. Uh, I'll get them up as soon as I can. Sweet. As soon as I can. Yeah, man. I need this, that tent stretcher, man. Hit me hard straight away, man. I've had like not many draws on this, and it's like pow. I, I mean, the plants really thing, look man. vigorous. The ones that I've seen in people's tents and people's diaries, the plants look like they just grow big and fast and really vigorous and strong. Uh, the buds weren't too big on this. I found. That was the problem with it. It wasn't massive buds. There was lots of them, but they weren't huge. Okay. Uh, the plants stretched it? a lot anyway, so uh, that might have been well, a problem in the first place. Yeah. Well, we, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the one that you uh, yeah, had a little issue yeah. with. Yeah. The monster had to scrog. Move it. Monster scrog. Yeah. That's right. The scrog that ate the tent. Fucking hell, man. You'd be really careful when you trim your fucking plants. <laughs> <laughs> 
we can go into that next week. So yeah, now we're gonna we, uh, we should head into the interview section where we're gonna actually interrogate Spartan about what he does. Are you hit that bong, Spartan? There he is. Look. <laughs> yes. Always hitting the bong, man. Always hitting the bong. So here we are in the interview section. We're just gonna do a little transition screen because we like those. Here we go. like to warm it up with a little intro like that so we've got spartan from well everywhere really you, you do a lot of podcasts mate <laughs> yeah i i i try to jump on all anybody that asks me i'm i'm just a huge fan talking about weed so and uh well i already knew you guys from chain show but yeah. um with the groaning with my fellow lads and all that but uh i do the mo- the shows that i re- repeat do is uh, i do gml show on friday nights i do um Growing with my fellow growers should be tonight after this show. And then yep. after that show is the Michigan Bros Grow Show all on YouTube. So I'll be doing six hours of streaming when I'm all said and done today. Well, you've got a nice supply of weed to go to go with that. Oh, right? yeah. At least six hours worth. Yes. For now. But I've been going through it, man. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least one jar's down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man, you want to show show your jars off there, man. Make a noise in the background, like, or something. <laughs> I got another one of these if I get this one empty, so we'll see. Yeah. So this so is from far, your own personal stash from uh, your home grow. That that one, uh, that last one I showed you was, uh, it, that was actually really old. This right here I'll pull out was is actually for UK SIF 420. He said he'd love to try some of the Spartan glue. Like he, he's a uh, shout out to him anyway. He's in all the chats. He's, he's up, like, UK? I am. Uh, this is a smaller butt of it, but this was sold to me. I hold it by the mic so I can smell it. This was sold in the USB port and spark, please. <laughs> the thing is, is it was sold to me as Gorilla Glue number four. And uh, as a, it was an outdoor plant. And I, I went out and I cut a clone off of it. And then I grew it out and I've seen GG4 before pictures online and high times magazine. Well, I, I soon found out as it started budding that this is not GG4. You can tell by the bud structure that it's related. To me, it looks like a cross. And if I had to guess talking with other people like Jack Greenstock and, and everybody else, we, we kind of think it's probably either a haze or a OG cross to GG4. And, mm. but when I realized that it wasn't GG4, I am just one of those people that I'm a stickler for honesty, man. So, uh, I can't tell people this is GG4. So I, I changed it. Like I said, everybody changes the name here. Here's my story of changing the name. I changed it. I said, this is my Spartan glue because nice. you know I'm Spartan grown. This is my version <clears throat> of glue or whatever. I, I kind of just called it Spartan. That's what you say, man. You're going to, you're going to make some seeds of that. You still pay homage, right? Well, that's, that's okay. Yeah, so I would have to I would have to self it to, to make seeds, but I don't know. Maybe someday uh, that would be like a retirement project. I don't really want to get into breeders. I know enough mm. breeders that do good job that uh, I'll let them do that, and I just want to grow and smoke the stuff, man. You nice. know what I mean? I love growing. I, I love the plant mean. so much. I just want to grow it. I, I don't really. I would love to maybe. It's just I know me, and I know if I was starting to breed it, I know what kind of work that would be. I wouldn't do it half ass. You know yeah. what I mean? So that kind of time to, to that I would want to put into it, I don't have right now. So 
maybe down the road, but not not anytime soon. <laughs> what was you saying? Did that that TG, was you saying then... something? Nope. I thought, I thought you had a question there. Monkey, was it you? No, I do have a question on a different different topic. I'll go ahead and change the subject if you don't mind, Spartan. Yeah, cool, cool, man. No, I mean, I, I had I'd heard once upon a time that uh, you, I think you said your wife doesn't appreciate the, the taste of the, the can of butter when it's real grassy tasting, and you had a way to, to change that, and, and I kind of miss it. There was something about water. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so I, for some reason, explain to me how this can happen. Sorry, I just took a hit and it took all my breath away. <laughs> but. Like uh, that. But I can go into the flower room, take a leaf with trichomes on it and everything, eat it raw, and be fine with that. But if I eat an edible and I taste that weed taste, I know the taste. it makes me almost sick. Yeah, same for me, man. I hate the taste of weed in edibles. <laughs> but I love the taste of weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I spent almost a year researching how everybody else makes edibles in an attempt to figure out how to make an edible that's for one potent enough for me to uh you know to the level i want right and to where i can eat it and not taste weed that was my that was my catch 22 was is that i built up a high tolerance so that i had to keep putting more weed into the stuff but it just kept tasting more like weed right so my solution so my solution i at one time you know, my best ideas come when I'm high. So I was high <laughs> and I was thinking about this problem and uh, I got to thinking, I was like, I know that chlorophyll is soluble in water, which means that it'll leach into water. I know it is. Right. I wonder if THC is because that's really what I'm after. That's the main component. So I looked up is THC, you know, well, soluble in water. Yeah. It said right. THC, it said THC A is somewhat like a little bit water soluble like you'll lose some and um okay but they said but the the interesting thing was was you drop off that a you decarb you decarb it and now it's not water soluble uh, so i was like sweet uh, so i took answer. my material i took my material i decarbed it first and then i do a 24-hour water soak so i'll take my that material that was, mm. that was dry in the decarb and then i re-put put water and i put it in i just put it in a big bowl and, or a big pan, and uh, I put all the product in there, and then I just fill up enough water so that it starts to float. You know what I mean? I push it all oh, down, yeah. make sure it's submerged, and I leave it in there for 12 hours. After 12 hours, I just strain it off, all the water out, and it'll look absolutely disgusting. But it'll be really green and really dark. That's great because you just pulled a ton of chlorophyll mm -hmm. out. All fill the, it nasty, back up the nasty taste and stuff is now in the water. Right. Well, so hold on I there for a second, Spartan. Right? Just for the listeners and the new guys, can you just explain what decarbon is for them and how you do it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I should. That's an important step. So for me, when I take all my trim, I put it into paper bags. My, my preferred method is a paper shopping bag. So open up a paper shopping bag. It stays open and I throw my trim in there. All of the moisture gets sucked out of the trim in the paper of the paper bag, wicks it away at just the right rate to where i have never have to worry about molds it's how the now greenhouse kill that weed yeah 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 i don't cure my weed in it that way but i do cure my 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 trim it still works i love it so uh once my trim is nice and dry and cured or whatever then i'll take that 
put it in a uh, in the oven. In you know, if you have a glass dish or something like that, line it with tin foil, so you don't have to get unless you have a dish that you don't care if it smells like weed forever. Yeah. And then um, you can do things like seal it up if you want to. If you're worried about smell, concealing smell. Um, some people will use your mason jars and just cook them in there. Be super careful. Hot glass tends to break easily. So just be cautious of that. If you're putting it in a sealed mason jar, yeah, you're not going to have smell, but you're going to have to just let it cool cool off a lot before you work with it. Just let, let it sit in there and cool down really slow. Um, I decarb here at uh, 230 degrees, and I do that at for an hour. It's a little bit longer than what most people do. Mm. It is. It's about um, 40 minutes as usual, right? Yeah, I like to make sure I have full decarboxylation. Sweet. And I know, this is another thing, I looked up the uh, temperature that THC evaporates at. Like it starts to turn into a, a gas. And that's at, right. 200, it's at 240 degrees. And that's what a lot of people will decarb at 240. I won't do that because I know I'm losing something. Mm -hmm. that if that's the evaporation point. So that's why I go with 230. I bumped it down to 230 and I bumped mm -hmm. the time up. So that's how I... Just, that's how my so brain got it handled. So I decarbed the weed that way. Now, right. now all the acid, the THCA is there's now THC and it won't leach into the water. I let it cool off. I don't put it in hot. I let it cool off and then uh, that's how I'll do the soak. Twelve hours in, I change the water, and so that then after 24 hours, pour off the last of the water, and then I just made a screen of. This is funny. I. I already had two by fours from prior projects. Okay. So I just made it. I just made a, a simple frame and then my neighbor was throwing away a screen door that had a hole in it. So I just took that screen door and salvaged <laughs> the spot that wasn't, didn't have a hole. <laughs> I got it. Okay. And, Why uh, not? Why not? You know, you gotta do what you got to do. Yeah. Redu redu reduce, screen. reuse. That's it. Yeah, I use that screen with my two by fours and it cost me $0 for a screen. And so I, then you just put that wet material and that smells terrible when it's wet to me uh -huh. and spread it out thin on that you know as thin as you can and i have a dehumidifier actually uh, i put it right by my dehumidifier in my basement so uh -huh. <laughs> it gets dry air kicked on it all the time and a dehu right there senses the moisture in the air and it keeps the moisture down so it works perfect right there yeah and uh when it's nice and dry then uh i'm now i can use that to make either in my butter or in my oil and it won't leach a bunch of chlorophyll into it and you won't get that in your final flavor and it's going to be fucking what it's going to yeah, it's going to make your flavor a million times better and it's, nice. it's a more of a golden color now not that nasty green black yeah you don't get hardly any green anymore yeah oh man that I'm, I'm definitely down with that i'm going to give that a shot yeah and if you want to go crazy with it i mean you can go by the color of the water if at the usually as after 24 hours when i pour it off that water is really pretty pretty much looks still like water. Uh -huh. um, but if you were really, really picking, you think, oh, that's a little bit of green in there. I want it to go a little longer. By all means, just put more water in it and let it soak longer. Just get as much of it out as you want. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a great idea. The only problem is you just, if first, if I do it once, the wife's going to want me to do this every time. You know, yeah. and, and she just, yeah, and, just yeah. and she won't touch <laughs> it till it's can of butter. Yeah. And it's, um, it's such a long pro. You add so much time. Because oh, yeah. you got to dry, you're getting it wet and you have to dry it again. So you're adding a long time to this process. So yeah, it takes a lot longer, but with almost everything in life, you know, the more you, you get, get into it, the yeah. better the product is at the end. There you go. It sounds like a great idea. I'm going to definitely give that a shot though. Yeah. It's like That's water curing in a way, right? 
Yeah, that's my next product. I've never done a water cure, and I might want to try that one time just to see. I'm worried with water curing. I mean, you're obviously going to lose all your water-soluble terpenes, though. So yeah. I'm a little scared of that. See, I've washed my buds before, and that was nice. You know, different experience. You, got, you know, you got to try these things, don't you? With, yeah, with yeah. the washing, I'm, you're talking about just dipping it, and then you're out again, right? You, you didn't uh, yeah, water cure. No, or like 10 seconds, cure? just give it a shake while it's in there. Okay, okay, then yeah. It, yeah. You know, your water curing takes a long time. Then Knock all the dirt off, yeah. yeah. Like a rinse, that's what you did. I think that was when I had the first man, because I wanted to wash any, you know, bug shit off or, or, or jizz, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> the bugs are going to leave on them buds, but I don't want to smoke. Hey, I'm going to attest having parties, you, man. That first, that first <laughs> time I, I put my trim in that water and waited the 12 hours and poured it off, I almost gagged. I was like, mm. what the <laughs> fuck? Okay, I bet, you, I bet you thought you ruined your weed right then, didn't you? Yeah, but it was just my trim, so I wasn't too concerned. But still, oh, I couldn't no. believe yeah. that was in my – I was eating that shit before, you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly, now, exactly. So you got uh, shout out to Big Jar Grows in, out in chat. He says I can vouch for his Spartan cookies. I, I brought. We had an event here. Uh, we floated down the river, and uh, I got to met, met him and his wife and uh, handed out cookies that I made. Special cookies. Oh yeah, yeah. Very Spartan magical cookies. cookies. Spartan strength. They, yes. they weren't magic. They weren't magical, unfortunately. <laughs> Excellent stuff. But so yeah, you, the, I, mine are probably around. I always tell people they're around between, at least the way I feel, they are between 100 to 150 milligrams in a cookie. That's about nice. that big around. It's a real small cookie, but it's got enough punch to uh, make you feel it. And it doesn't taste too strongly of weed. Do you no, do that for all, all, all like, your edibles? You do the, the same technique or just the ones for the missus? Yeah. I had three of those on that float down the river. It was a wonderful day. Uh, no, I see. Yeah. And were you able to get off the river at that point? Oh, yeah. Uh, I also had I also had this Kool-Aid that abolished. Ah, yeah, and that had uh, ours. We call FSO for full spectrum oil. It's just a it's like it's like Rick Simpson oil, except you're not using naphtha as a solvent. You're using green alcohol. Uh, but we call it FSO, so full spectrum oil. And uh, I've done that, yes. That. Okay, so we used that, and he put that in his in a Kool Aid. So I had a double, a double strength one of those, and a single strength one of those. But I don't know what strength they were. Awesome <laughs> trip. So and we we're smoking the whole time, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite a THC lace trip there. Yeah. Just make sure we we're fully, fully saturated. Right. <laughs> now you came from from a, an agricultural background, I think you said in your childhood. Yeah, I, my very first job I ever worked, uh, probably all through middle school and through most of high school, I worked on a farm. That was my job. I worked on a big cool. agricultural farm. We just mostly plants. They had some animals like chickens and pigs, and but nothing really big. We didn't have cows or anything like that. What kind of plants we were they raising there? Uh, mostly field field. So you, you're going to have like, we had corn, we did have berries. Yeah. We had strawberry fields and raspberries. Um, we did a lot of vegetables like uh, tomatoes. A lot of it was handpicked in these big fields, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, tomatoes. Uh, we did broccoli, we did cauliflower. So a lot of like your traditional vegetables, big, ag, big ag, uh, monocropping. Well, it was more like a small farm. It wasn't, uh, it, it is like a big egg as compared to uh, our kind of growing at home. Yeah. But as okay. far as no, not a big, huge tractor it was a, the one wheeled tractor, you know, <laughs> it wasn't the okay. double, triple okay. wheel and, uh, it was all super old equipment, but, uh, we so made it work. Were, 
we would call that craft farming now, maybe. If, okay. If, I don't really know if that's if that's a term or not, but anyway. So, but that, that's where your love from agriculture came from, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. To be honest, I always just had a love for plants. It was always a thing that it just amazed me that we could you could grow your own food. What you know what I mean? And, exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, to me, changes your always, world. Yeah, and my. I, as a youth, I was tricked by my uncle one time. He played a trick on me. He lived next door to us and he always had this huge garden. And he saw us one time, we were out in the backyard playing and we spit our gum out in the, in the yard. And he said, don't be doing that. You're going to be getting, what was it? Or so, Whatever it was, he convinced us if we saved it and he buried it, it would grow a gum tree. And oh my so, gosh. So we saved it for the whole whatever week or whatever we planted it over in his garden and then uh, he waited x amount of times and then he must have stuck a, tr uh, a branch or something in the ground but he stuck a branch in the ground and he had uh, packages of gum <laughs> thinking back it's so dumb but uh, packages of gum like a uh, rubber band to the branches like it grew there and we 100 percent believed it and you should i mean i don't know how many things of gum we planted around that yard <laughs> but we only had that one gum tree ever sprout for us <laughs> well those are the kind of things you'll never forget those those are the memories you'll always have yeah man that's oh yeah to my sure. kids eyes. that's funny so you grow professionally as well in the legal state of michigan in michigan yeah yeah i work at mitten canico so i still consider us craft size even though we can grow three thousand plants um whoa we do we do it at a craft level you know what i mean we have six flower rooms each room right now we're playing with numbers per room um the biggest the most we have in one room is 180 plants right now whoa the least we have is i think a hundred between 140 or 150 might be the lowest amount it's looking like we're going to settle on about 150 it looks like that 180 is a little bit tight but and these are grown in cocoa right Yes, everything's in Royal Gold Tuper is what we use. We don't use can of cocoa because we failed metal he heavy metal testing our very first harvest because of can of cocoa. Mm -hmm. I've heard so, this before, yeah. Yeah, so we went to uh, Tuper and so far we've you know had countless harvests since and been fine. So Sweet. We're sticking, we're sticking with them. So we have six of those flower rooms that we run, and uh, generally they're all the same strain where they're monocropped. So it's the same strain in every room, in, not in every room, same strain per room, if that makes sense. And yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool because it's, when I was interviewing for jobs, I worked, you know, I lived in Michigan. We're a big manufacturing state, you know, the, the big three auto companies yeah, were kind of here in, that, yeah. in Detroit, you know, General Report, yeah, all them. So there's factories and it's kind of that kind of a feel. And that's where I, you know, I grew up in that kind of an environment. I, my jobs, you know, after the farm, I got a job in a factory and I worked in a factory and that's how I supported myself and my family. But uh, hmm. um, the whole time as a grower, I mean, that's your dream. As you saw legalization comes like, man, wouldn't it be nice to, you know, wow. wouldn't it be nice to have your own grow? Well, for me, I was like, I know I don't have the capital, hmm. you know, you need to, I mean, for example, Mitten Canico is a new building. The new building, just to build the building, was like a million dollars. Yeah. So it's not it's not like attainable cash. It's not like I have that sitting in the bank. Mm -hmm. um, so what yeah. I decided was like, okay, if I'm going to play in this game, instead of sitting out and just dreaming about it, I'm going to go work for somebody that, but I'm going to make sure that the people that I work for 
have at least the same kind of ideals that I do. I don't want big business style grows. I want caregiver. You know, that's the, that's Mm -hmm. where I came. That's how I was a grower. I was a caregiver, you know, in in Michigan, there's uh, patients who can't or don't want to grow, but they can give up their plant count to a caregiver to grow for them. So that was where I came from. I came from the medical side of, of the plant of, uh, healing of the healing aspect and that kind of viewpoint. So I felt strongly about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would interview at jobs, you know, when businesses were opening, they, they put jobs up and you go on indeed, you know, and here's marijuana grow. It's, 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 it's wild. You know what I mean? But uh, crazy so, to think, man, you know, to be able yeah. to do it as a profession legally. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. And just to be able to see it before your eyes change. Cause you're so used to the big <laughs> negative stigma, you know yeah. what I mean? But, so I'm on Indeed and I'm seeing all these growing jobs and things. I'm applying for everything. But I go in there in interviews. And for one, I have a, a nice Instagram. You know what I mean? That What's, yeah. what's a better resume than that? You know I mean, I'm like, look, <laughs> yeah, really? this is what I can do. What You know, show me what you can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's I had the attitude that I was going in there interviewing them because I didn't want to work for an asshole. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. So... When I went to Mitten Canico, it was the first place I went into that I did. You, you could be deaf and not hear a word that was being said and just walk in there and look around and can tell this was designed by somebody who's a who's a grower, somebody who knows the fuck they're doing because yeah. everything is just, per, you know, it's just perfectly done. And um, then I got talking to the owner. It was my interview was with the owner and the COO. So um, it would have been uh, Stephen who is Mitten Gardens and uh, Michigan Matt on both on Instagram. And I already knew Matt from prior. He was um, a friend of mine through the, you guys ever heard of the do grow show on YouTube yeah. or yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are, we were DGC members and um, we would always meet up and, and see each other and hang out at the cannabis cups, you know, Oh, you're going to be there. Yeah. I'm going to be there. And we coordinate and hang out and smoke. So we knew each other that way. Well, he, uh, so when I interviewed him, it was him. I was like, Oh, sweet. I know him. You know what I mean? And, uh, so, uh, it just went so well and everything that they had done. And like, I would ask, I was asking them all kinds of like growing questions or why they did this or why they did that. And there was all the right answers, all the right answers. So I told them, I was like, all right, I'm in the factory right now, guys. I'm going to need to at least give them a two weeks notice. How about I come and work, you know, part-time here. And then, uh, (laughs) If I like it, I'll, I'll, I'll quit my other job. I said, but I, I just got to try to feel you guys out. They're like, all right, cool. I were, I'm not kidding you before I even, before I even left the first day working at Mint Canico, I was like, Hey guys, don't worry about that two week notice. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I gave up a huge paying job too. I mean, I took like an $8 an hour pay cut. Wow. To go there, and I gave up all benefits. They they didn't have. I mean, it was they're brand new coming out. They had no health care. They had no you know, anything. It's not. About I've been the money, there a year. Yeah, but I've been there, and I've already got a not even a year yet. Actually, I'm coming up on my year here in about a week, but I already got a two dollar an hour raise, and I've already got benefits coming next month. So I mean, it's working out. It's working out. And you get to do something you love for a job, you know. And there's that yeah, old saying: find a job you love, and you'll never go to work again. That's that's the thing is is like I always heard that and it sounds like oh that's a cliche what the fuck ever that means you know what yeah, I mean? yeah but yeah. I, until I until I did something crazy 
like that. He made that step. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do what I want. Not what fucking everybody wants me to do. Fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. And then, uh, yeah, like the, the money difference is, uh, is an adjustment, but at the same time, the benefit of like the weight that comes off your shoulders of the stress Mm -hmm. of of going the wrong direction and then feel like you're like, now you're going in the right direction. It's just like, that's worth all the money in the world. Mm. I know exactly. Looking forward. Looking forward to getting up and going to work is a big difference to getting up and going, fuck, I have to go into this place again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's a huge difference even in your in your personality in, in, in what you present to the to the world. You know? Yeah, and how about this? How about this? When you go to work, you're part of a team. It's not a it's not some bullshit place where the the head guy and it doesn't even know your fucking name you know what i mean yeah it's you're going to a work where the head guy is oh he's right there all arm's length away from you doing the same goddamn thing you're doing that's yeah. fucking amazing to me because i've never experienced that in a workplace before because like i said before i was a number on a punch card you know what i mean you're you're a cog in the yeah. wheel just making money I'm for some part guy. of the team when everybody's in it for the win then you get so yeah it's so much easier to go to work because there's no bullshit, like you said. That's awesome. Where you work is a second family at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, 100%. I'm spending more time with them than I am with my family. So, I mean, they are for you're 100% right. And yeah. that's why it's important you can, you know, like I said, I was interviewing them kind of more than they were interviewing me. But that's an important step because um, you, you're living, you just like you said, you're almost signing up to live with them. You know what I mean? So, you want to know a little bit about them, you know, yeah. ask those questions. Well, I, I work with me with me husband, with me father, and with three of me friends, best friends in the real world. So I have a great job. I have a great, uh, not that I have a great job. Sorry, no, let me correct it. I have a great time in work. You know, every yeah. day is is a good good laugh, a joke. You have a bit of fun. It makes it way more enjoyable. Oh hell yeah! And that's like people. Fucking, yeah, that's 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 my answer when people say, "How the hell do you go to work?" all day long and take care of plants and then go home and take care of plants. I'm like, because that's what I fucking love to do. That's what I love to do. (laughs) Ask any grower that question. You'll get the same exact answer. One day I hope to be like that in the UK. I got a question for you. You you said that I guess your biggest flowering room is 180 plants. And and that is like, it's like you said, it's not huge when you, when you uh, compare it to, to some of the stuff out there. Uh, here in Canada, lots of the, the big companies, uh, the corporate guys, are they brag about their 1 million square foot or more, um, you know, growing space in these warehouses and stuff. But so far, legalization in Canada has been kind of, in the, in the beginning, it was it was a novelty. But now people are kind of coming around and realizing that the, the product being put out by these giant companies is not maybe what it should be. And leaving room for a lot of these smaller micros and the, and the craft kind of community to to come up and fill that void. I'm just wondering, like in Michigan, is there a, a big corporate, uh, I guess, version of the kind of industry or is it more grassroots, like a whole whole bunch of little guys like, uh, like you guys around? That's a great question. And the answer is a little bit of both, but right now, because of the way that the laws are, it's uh, in the recreational market, it was written into the law that you can't even apply, you can't even get a recreational license unless you already held a medical license. 
and why that's important is is to get a medical license you have to have you have to have been a, resi a resident of the state for x amount of years i think it was only two it might have been longer but you had to have been a resident for at least two years so that kept like outside big conglomerates from coming in and um setting up shop i'm not saying it didn't happen there's a what to get around that they'll get somebody who lives here and sure. then have investment groups yeah. behind them but uh, so nice there idea. are yeah 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 so it slowed that down anyway i guess is what my point is and um, we do have some big companies here for sure and they have staff licenses and in fact they even changed some laws to allow stacking more licenses there's I just actually uh, shout out to Rasta Bob. You might have seen him on Embracing Organic show, but uh, he's from Jamaica, but he's consulting on a farm up here in Michigan. And um, he was just I was video chatting with him over Instagram and he was showing me his operation uh, about two hours north of me. And <laughs> wow, dude. So uh, he, he's got he's dealing with acres, wow. acres. Oh, oh. It's a lot of weed. Yeah, and it's all under trellis. I mean, it was an old blueberry, so it had all the um, stakes and everything in the ground already. So they just use using the stakes to, to hang trellis netting. You said acres under trellising, and each each plant has got a. Um, I don't know if you said you had them all done or not, but I, as far as the eye could see on the phone, was uh, like wood um, raised beds around each plant. Wow! I'm just wow. Like, wow! You know, and then he's got seven greenhouses that he's, he's just got clones in right now just massive Ooh. massive operation so we're talking that yeah yeah that's there and um <laughs> and so um but i think that there's still i mean right now there's a huge you know demand for flour still oh yeah oh yeah i mean that's because everybody's sitting at home they have nothing else to do so um yes i think there's big companies and i think eventually as legalization pushes even more legal we'll say maybe less regulated hopefully um that for sure eventually down the road what we're going to see is just like in the alcohol industry you know the big factory produced mids but mids are fine for probably the vast majority of the consumer base sure. so i'm fine with those i don't hate on those companies because i see that i'd rather have more weed in people's hands than less weed in people's hands even if that means that that weed's going to be mids because at least they're getting some medicine. You know what I mean? I point, come yeah. from that. I'm come from that caregiver background. So that's always in my head. At but, least some safe medicine. Yeah. And at the same time, at the same time, that's going to get people used to cannabis and start to really pay attention to it and maybe desire something better. Exactly. You know, okay. Now, now I've had mids my whole life. I'm going to treat myself. It's my birthday. Let me get the, let me get the top shelf this time and see what that's like. Oh, I tried that. That stuff's really great. I can smoke half as much of that and get better than what I can smoke for a whole week on this other stuff. I'm just going to, yeah. even though it costs me more money, it's saving me money. You know what I mean? So, um, because you can use less of it. Yeah. So that's where I see the craft, just like the craft breweries are still out there killing it. I think there's going to be, I, I consider our size craft size. Sure. I, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure there's other licenses that are called like the micro businesses, but that's, those are more like a, a one person operation. You know what I mean? A right. small operation. They're restricted to 150 plants. So where I see Mitten Canico is just like, I guess, commercial sized craft. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. 
you know, craft, I mean, big enough to where we can spread our flour around instead of just at one dispensary. Regional. Exactly. So we're not so big to where, you know, I, I, we can touch every single plant every single day. We can give right. them that much care. That's the important thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, there's only five of one, two, three. There's five of us that work there. Five total employees. Mm. And that's the owner, the COO, and the three gardeners. You know what I mean? So, um, and we're dealing with, well, I don't even know what that plant count is. I know it's under the 3,000 plant count. So it's under 3,000 plants, but it's, you know, at least, you know, probably on average 150, we'll say 150 plants per flower room. We have six flower rooms. We have two veg rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the veg space also has moms and, and young plants. But, so whatever that plant count comes out to, it's over a thousand for sure. So <laughs> it's so a lot of care. Depends on how you grow too. Yeah. The, the square footage here in Canada that the micros are allowed to work with is 2,150 square feet. So I don't know. I guess you can do with that space what you want, depending on your style of grow, but uh, it's that's not very a, big. And No, but that's a way smarter, smarter on whoever the regulators, whoever the government or whoever wrote that. That's an intelligent, that's an intelligent, that tells me they had intelligent design there because here in Michigan where we are restricted to plant count, I mean, if we had unlimited cash, we could go under a greenhouse or outside and grow complete monster plants Mm -hmm. and fill out that thousand, you know, have a thousand plants, but grow 10 pounds per plant. It's, it's ridiculous that they don't have square footage. I mean, yeah, that's square the footage is the major sense. factor, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you guys are lucky. It sounds like you guys have a little bit of intelligence making the rules. So that's, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that too loud, but yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, Spartan, no, what's going on in the future for you? You got anything coming up? Uh, I'm just going to, my plans at home, I'm in, I'm my personal life is in kind of a turmoil. I'm, I'm going through a divorce, so that's not oh, great. But uh, so that's put a lot of things. It, yeah, it's it is what it is, man. So, um, but uh, so it's looking like that. Um, I've kind of put everything on hold right now <laughs> because of that, mm -hmm. because it's just some unknowns. You know, like hey, is this going to be my house or is this not going to be my house? But um, that's, that's getting all sorted out. And my, my plans for myself is I, I really want to, I'm a big fan. I've been watching these talks, uh, future cannabis project also on YouTube. Cool. They put mad, I can't even keep up with all their stuff, but they put out mad information and I just love it. And, uh, Coot especially because he just says what, what he feels. And he just, dude, he just, he did a five hour episode, not that long ago, maybe two, three weeks ago. If you can sit through that maybe when you're trimming or something, be ready to start laughing your ass off because he does not care what he says. He just says it straight and just love the dude. <laughs> He's inspired me to, to, to go further on my organic pursuit. I want to get to the point where, where I want to end up is I want to get to the point to where when I harvest my plant on my planters, I wheel them out. They're also on wheels. Another thing I love about them, <laughs> maybe amend the top and then replant right into it. I don't want to have to even take soil out anymore i want to just keep reusing sweet man so, so i'm going to be running some tests and trying to figure that out that's that's kind of what i'll be dabbling in i want to try to keep using my sip containers use this just reuse the medium to do that i think you know coots kind of inspired me also to up my game on vermicompost i have a worm bin and i use it but i've not been using it enough 
and I'm not using it, I don't think, as effectively as I could. I could add different inputs. So I'm going to do more looking into that and learning how to use my worm bin better. So, mm -hmm. or maybe also I'm thinking about expanding it, like uh, maybe having two, three, four worm bins so I can really have more of it and use, use that more. The idea is, is like all your inputs that you put into your soil, just run it through your worm bin instead. Then your worm castings are going to be, you know, rich and already some of it pre-digested by the microbes that are in your worm bin. That's kind of what my mind's playing with these last few, you know, months. And as I watch those, I'm more inspired. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing for, you know, the rest of this year, trying to figure that out. So where can we find you online, Spartan? Yeah, the best place is Instagram. Just look me up on, uh, at Spartan Grown on Instagram. Or if you want to see more of the commercial scale stuff, look at uh, Mitt and Canico. Th those mm. are the two Instagrams. That's all linked and, up in your Instagram uh, description, I'm isn't sure. it? I'm sure it is. I, I don't know if I have, Yeah, yep. Just go to my Instagram. It's all up on there. Sweet. Yeah, my description is get Mitt and Canico. Just there click is. on that. It'll take you right to it. Mm-hmm. Right, so we should move on to the what the fuck was that section. So thanks for the interview, man. It's been good getting to know yeah, Spartan a little bit more, you know? Absolutely. Pleasure. So let's do what the fuck was that. We ready? We ready? See, I like that intro. guy who was here out. I'm saying. So Zombie weird. Nation usually runs this section, but he isn't here. But don't worry, because I've got a track backed up just in case so and this one's going to be difficult did anybody get any ideas last week we had somebody who was really close on the forum but zn wanted more of a precise answer so, how precise of an answer did he really want i mean yeah he, the guy did he, got did really he not close, give man. the <laughs> did he did he not give the game or does it did he want like the specific well, power this, up this or kill last, shot or let's drop last week's sound on so yeah. we never know what we're on about there we go now, as you can tell, that's some kind of a Atari game. Anybody guess? Anybody guess in the chat right now? Spartan, uh, do you know what it is? Anything. <laughs> I got no idea. Spartan, no idea. That's the startup sound for a Defender. The, someone uh, did say someone did say Defender, yeah, but they didn't they say startup sound. Defender slash Stargate, and it was like you have to be more in depth than that. It's like it's a savage. Savage. <laughs> yeah, I think the answer shit. came back was okay. My first answer is Defender, second is Stargate. Was it's the same as same exact answer? Isn't it? Yeah, it was close, man. That was last week's. Is it, <laughs> yeah, it was too spike. late for that one, bro. But we've got this week. So this week, we've got a new sound for what the fuck was that? And head over to the forum, postiesgrown.com, and you'll see a section for high on homegrown, and you can drop any answers in there. Are you ready? Here is this week's what the fuck. Was that? There we go. I don't think anybody's going to get that. It's really difficult. <laughs> oh, you know, I couldn't hear it from this side, so I'm going to have play to play it again. Play it again. So just uh, listen to the podcast again. That's the best way. <laughs> Rewind. Listen to the podcast. By the way, you can download the podcast now on like all the major podcasting platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, everything. If, you, if you're if you on a podcast network and you can't find it, then let us know and I'll make sure that yeah. we get up on there because we want to be on uh, all of them. The Black Sheep of the Family is in chat and, and it's claiming that they edited the answers of the podcast forum before the show started. So, I mean, that's between 
whatever. We can go and give him credit, but, you know. <laughs> oh, was it him, was it? You, you still oh, get the was. same award. It was, yeah, Black Sheep of the Family. Was it you, bro? It was him. Yeah, well done, mate. That was feel difficult. bad, because I played that game a lot, <laughs> and I don't fucking didn't recognize it at all. Yeah, well, it sounded real really familiar, but I couldn't put my finger on it. But It had to be one of them Atari games. You know, it's just that. Yeah, it sure was. 16-bit sound, was it? <laughs> Didn't play it as much as I should have, maybe. Awesome game, though. Awesome game. So there we go. That was what the fuck was that? (laughs) Right. So I suppose there's viewers there. They're going to be waiting. The Q&A. Let's do this. So we've got a a couple of questions that were in the forum as well, right? what they are monkey would you mind going to the forum and checking i don't want to use up any bandwidth unnecessarily and cause lag forum. in in the uh high on homegrown section but yeah. specifically we look for questions in the youtube chat from any of the listeners if they've got any problems or they've got any questions mm. maybe for spartan or any members of the panel maybe you have a problem with your grow so if you have anything then just fire away in the chat and we'll get some answers to you abolish farms in the chat we didn't shout out to you they're friends of your spartan right yeah, Abolish Farms. That's my that's my brother right there. Nice. Thanks for joining us. There there was that question about the turtle porn that was on there, but I don't think we want to get into that in the Q and A. No, let's we? not get into the that. That's one of the what the fuck is that we can do at some point? <laughs> <laughs> what is this sound? <laughs> Sounds exactly. like a, a squeaky door knocking. <laughs> I got it up here. You want me to read off some of these? There's two questions. It looks like. Yeah, sure. If you've yeah. got a TG, let's do it, man. Yeah. Uh, for Spartan, this is from um, Allie. She uh, just left a couple minutes ago, but uh, she says, what do you think caused the U.S. to finally legalize? What was the tipping point for that to happen? And do you see it continuing on that trend, spreading to more states, or is there a chance of legalization being rescinded? I think that uh, the second part, I, I think it's just the cat's out of the bag, the genie's out of the bottle. There's no really putting it back in now. Um, but I don't think I have a, a popular view on why it initially started legalization because I believe that it wasn't so much that it was all the people pushing for it as much as I would love to believe that it was. I think it was more a the beginning of the state level like revolt that's kind of being more dramatic than the word I'm trying to think of. I just can't think of the word, but the state kind of trying to say- almost. Pushback yeah, against the federal government. They're using it as a somewhere, somehow, uh, using it as a battleground to fight against the um, the federal government because they knew they would have the the popular, uh, they would have the populace behind them. They would have the people behind them, so they didn't have to worry about. You know, I'm talking about like, I think originally everybody thinks it's California, but I think the first state was Alaska, and they kind of have always traditionally told the federal government, fuck you. <laughs> You're not even barely connected to us. We're going to do our own thing. So they, they legalized. And then it was California after that. And they have ever since been, I mean, before that pushed against federal government, you know, they've always been known as the more liberal leaning Colorado uh, too. Eh? Was yeah. in, there? in Colorado, the same thing, the ski culture. <laughs> and that's where all the, uh, you know, the social elite would hang out. So more liberal, usually less mm. conservative. And so they pushed back against the federal government. It was their way of like basically F you to the government, which, hey, I'm for it. And most people are. So I see more of that happening. 
especially when you have a leader that's really, you know, really, uh, he, he concentrates on pulling people and pushing people against each other rather than working together, it seems like. So, um, that's that not good. Gives the you're have. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it just gives the opposition. It gives the opposition more push when you when you're decisive, then it gives, you know, it, it I just like to see people being brought together rather than people oh, being yeah, pulled sure, apart. Man. Absolutely, man. So I'm, I'm on the same page. Yes. I mean, like we talked about before that the cannabis community is more about coming together anyway. I don't care who tries to rip us apart. We're not going to do that. Right. We're not going to feed that machine. And yeah. So uh, then it start. I think that was the original motivation. But then when they started making headway and we're like, oh, shit, we can actually do this. Then it always, as always, in the United States, capitalists, it turns to money and taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so once they got a taste of that, that's and then in the state next to him looks down and says, oh, they're making a lot of money and our citizens yeah. are just driving across the border and giving them more money. We better yeah. do something. And that's what it's going to turn into. And everything. I mean, we're already over 50%. We're already over half the country. So Dude, that's uh, medical though. I think we're like about 35, maybe 40% wreck across the, across the country. But yeah, we're getting closer. We're getting yeah. there. Well, that's the thing. Look at the, the history. Has any of them gone the other way? No. No, nothing's so, going backwards. Everything's yeah. going forwards and more so, and more are going forwards. But the problem that I'm seeing, Spartan, are you saying the same thing? Is that when the government gets involved, they just want too much of it and they wreck the industry before it even gets started. Yeah, but the that's the thing is like, people, I agree with that and I hear it a lot and I see it. But right. at, the, at the same time. It's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I can still walk around with up exactly. to two and a half ounces now. So Absolutely. I'll take it. Exactly. I can grow my own and then right, walk around yeah. with it. And, th and that's the easy. thing I would fight to the death for right there is growing right. If, the if right any, to grow my own. Yeah. If there's anywhere to draw the line to con to never concede is home grow rights right there. Right. As long as that, I'm only growing it for my own consumption. That's yep. it. Yeah. No yep. money involved. Yeah. I, I don't even care. I, I think that's silly. Honestly, I think it should be a plant. I think decriminalization is the answer and not legalization, but, uh, I mean, and what I mean by that is decriminalization just means erase all the laws against it. It's the same laws as you have as a tomato or a, a corn yeah. or, or whatever. It you should know. be. It Legalization should. usually creates more laws against it than you had before. That's right. Because of all the red tape and all the regulations. And yeah, it's yeah. so a license I'll say as a medical grower here in Canada and a medical user, I'm a lot more restricted than I was, what I was prior to October in 2018 as to where and what I can do with my, uh, with my medicine and where I can use it. And yeah, I mean, but I agree, like it's easier to deregulate than to re-regulate, right? So might as well start kind of right, right from the strictest point of view and then you can see what doesn't work and then go from there. So we Rather have a question China. there in, in the YouTube chat from Prime Fighting Champions. What is the easiest medium to use for a beginner and what is the easiest brand to use? So we discussed this earlier on in the podcast and it seems like uh, the popular consensus was to go organic if you can, if you can source the ingredients. But if you can't go organic, then I'd recommend cocoa because I love cocoa. It's nice and easy. Me too. Well, you know, organic's nice and uh, sustainable. And that's a good thing about growing organically as well. But take a listen through the medium section of the podcast, which was on earlier on, and some good input there, which might help you decide. My only my 
caveat when the cocoa is, especially for a new grower, it, it, you can get a higher yield faster. Um, you can get that yield with, with soil, but it just yeah. takes a little bit more skill and wind up mm -hmm. to get there. With cocoa, you can accelerate, hit the gas, bang, a couple of grows, you can max it out pretty fast. Yeah, cannabis foie gras. And there was another question you said, TG, right? There was two. Oh, yeah. Uh, this other one was by WRH, and he asks, I think it's for all of us, is it possible to clean storage jars without affecting the smell of any buds that are put in them afterwards? My jars have been used multiple times and are now affecting the odor of my fresh buds, and they don't smell fresh anymore. Yes. Asking how to clean them? Is that what they're asking? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just uh, I replaced the lid completely because that rubber gasket in, in the lid is a lot where a lot of the smell gets stuck. And I just run them through the dishwasher on a hot cycle with new with new caps and, and you're good. You are brand new, brand new. So what I what I'd like to do is hopefully you're storing in glass. I didn't catch that part. Is it glass? Oh, yeah. Uh, he says storage jars. It doesn't say glass or otherwise, but I assume they're glass. Yeah, assume glass. Hopefully. Okay, well, assuming it's glass, I love making uh, FSO, so full-spectrum oil, and uh, it's just an alcohol extraction. So I like to put alcohol in those and get every last little bit of terps, yeah, <laughs> every yeah. last little bit of cannabinoid I can. So I'll have a little jar. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of alcohol. I'll pour a little bit in there, swirl it around, and uh, pour it out. Yeah. And uh, then maybe go in there with a cloth and wipe out. You might lose a little bit. but And then pour that into a little container, and then just keep that container in the freezer until you can just keep doing that again and again until you get a full container. Take that one container. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, long story short, boil that off, and now you have full-spectrum oil. And clean jars. Birds stoned. So just don't use it. yeah. Just don't use anything that's got scent in to clean it. Alcohol is the best way. It's the same for cleaning your bong as well. And you know, if you're cleaning a grinder, and having an alcohol yeah. to dissolve all the shit and then pour that away, then you can yeah, use isopropyl what's left is behind. common. Yeah. yeah, if you don't want to keep it, ISO is a little bit more toxic, uh, and you got to be a lot more careful when you're making extracts. Make sure it's ninety nine point nine nine percent isopropyl, no yeah, trace elements. But, um, shit. Yeah, that's that's what I use to clean my bong. It works great. Or jars too. Like you said, it dissolves all the stuff that's left in there and you just pour it out or keep it. I use, um, if you're going to do what my suggestion was um, and make a, an extract with it, use grain alcohol. Yeah. Don't use it. Yeah. Don't yeah use no, it. don't use ISO for if you can get extract. I just wanted to make that. I know you guys yeah. aren't saying it. I just was thinking, oh, these guys are going to think it and I don't want that out there. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good, a good point. I've tried looking for the, it's hard to get that in the UK. This is why it's isopropyl is the uh, option for us here. Well, it's, you guys don't have anybody make moonshine in the UK. Is that what I, you're I don't me? think so. No. <laughs> what? I know yeah. somebody in Ireland does that. <laughs> I know. Do you know the guy, GV? I know a few, few people that make it. Ah, yeah, Irishman. I knew that. It's a big thing over here. Yeah, uh, It's like the way the, the cannabis, like, personal grown and, like, everything over there it's it's a big thing to make your own but people make their own whiskey and everything like in their sheds and that over here with their own little home sales um it's good fun times yeah. i don't drink so that makes no difference to me right then so i think that's all the questions well we should move on to the next section because we're all going to enjoy this bit i'm going to enjoy this because you're not going to get it man ready truth or truth or truth that's right 
It's that time again. Three false statements, two true, one false. Can you figure out the spoof? So, same as last week. I got clean slated last week where everybody got the correct answer. That's right. But I think I'm going to get him this week. Are you ready? Right. So, number one, marijuana accounts for 25% of drug arrests in the United States. The FBI reports that roughly 325,000 people were arrested for marijuana, marijuana, excuse me, related offenses in 2012. This accounted for nearly one quarter or 25% of the drug arrests in the United States that year. Okay, so there's your first statement. True or false? Next one. Number two, 10% of people who smoke marijuana become addicted. Recent studies have shown that marijuana is addictive and that there are long-term effects on the brain. About 10% of people who smoke marijuana become addicted. Okay, that's number two. And then number three, there are four varieties of cannabis. Cannabis can be broken down into four varieties. Cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, cannabis ruderalis, and cannabis afghanica. So there we go. You want to go first, Barton? Yeah, I'm going to say it's number two. You're going to say it's number two straight off? Well, the, the yeah. addictive, the addict, weed is an addictive? You, yeah, you, do you want to elaborate, I, 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 or do you, you just, is that well, it, you're done? I, <laughs> I know that it. I know that it's habit. It can be seen as habit forming. It's been found that way, mm-hmm. and that it can be addictive in a very low percentage of the population. But I don't consider ten percent low. So, um, okay. I thought it was like I thought it was single digits. So I, that's why I say number two. Number two for Spartan. Okay, GB, take it away, son. What you got? Oh, I really don't know this week. Aha! Yes. So I like to hear. I really, I really <laughs> don't. Um, I was going to say, I was thinking three, but I'm not sure. I kind of agree with, with Spartan's statement as well. But then again, I don't know what the this thing is in America, so I can't comment on that. Mm. So yeah, I, I was going to say three. So yeah, fuck it, I'll go three. You got to go with which one, number three? Number three. Okay, number three for GB. Monkey, do you want to take it away? I guess there's no way possible now to give you a sweep this week. Uh-huh. You've already got it split, so Sweet. you've already won that. Yes. Yeah. It's so easy for me to win these. I didn't realize Congratulations that. Congratulations to that. Yeah, I guess it's a, <laughs> that's a minor victory for Mackie already. Epic. All right. Uh, you might as well no, pick number one then, Monkey, and split up. Good, right? <laughs> well, uh, there's always Temple for that, too. No, I'm going to go with number two on this one. Okay, uh, are you sure? It, you know, it's the 10% number. I think, you know, it, there there's a, there's a number there, but I'm just, it's too too convenient. I don't know why. Just that nice round 10% doesn't mm. sound good. Okay, TG, it's all about you, man. What are you going to do? Um, pro- I, yeah, probably go with Spartan, actually, just because the first one seems like i don't know statistics i don't know the numbers but that seems like a lot and cannabis is one of those you know low picked fruit type things where they do use a lot so probably that's true and the third one is it's uh (laughs) some of the the new papers and stuff are getting into the you know the botanical classifications of, of that so i'm not sure that's been really nailed down um to say that it's that it's false or true because um, yeah i'm not too well versed in that either but the, the second one yeah i think that that's, that's yeah false. i forgot i did forget to mention i'm 
I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm read somewhere that they did find that fourth one past Ruderalis, and it was something like in the mountains or some, somewhere. But I thought it was China, but Afghani yeah. still sounds Afghanica sounds like a, a decent name, but that's only because Afghani. So who knows? Mm-hmm. It sounds. You know, Dr. Yeah, Dr. John McPartland and Dr. Ethan Russo had a paper they just came out with. With I think it gets into that specific topic. So if anybody's interested, they should Google those guys and then check that out. But yeah, I think it's I think it's two. Number two for TG. Okay, anybody in the chat there want to have their guess, or you want to wait until I give all the answers and then you're going to be like, I was going to say that one. Prime fighting says two. I didn't see anything. They're going to wait. Yeah. They're going to wait to hear the answer and say, yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, I should get like a 30-second countdown here for the chat. Two, number two for Prime Fighter Champions. All right, then. Are we ready? The spoof is number one. Yes, that's right. The other two are correct, apparently, according to the studies that they've done. The marijuana accounts for 25% of drug arrests in the United States is false because it's actually 48%, man. We've like uh, 750,000 people arrested for marijuana in I thought that was number was low. I thought that was a low number. Mm. No, I knew it was high, but it was 2012, you said. Yeah, 2012. A long yeah. Time. yeah, that's a long time ago. So, I mean, I, I had no information back based on that. Well, uh, I didn't know that yeah, <laughs> marijuana had been used for years <laughs> as an arrest uh, vehicle, yes. Yeah. So 48%, man, that's fucking crazy. I'm surprised that 10% of the population can be fucking addicted. To yeah, I thought this one would throw you all off because a lot of people don't consider cannabis to be addicted at all. But apparently uh, 10% the definition of people of addiction. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see more on the study and see what what the actual well, this was, of addiction was. So. This was what I heard on the matter was, was you know, addiction is, is loosely defined as, as like if you quit the substance, you have withdrawals, physical withdrawals. That doesn't happen with cannabis. So I don't know. I'd like to see this study and, and actually yeah. see what the hell they, were, they did to, yeah. to do their test because uh, all the studies I've seen before have said differently. So it's weird. The definition of addiction is important too. Like, yeah, cannabis addiction to me is, and I've heard this uh, as an official definition by a few different people that it's it's if it's detrimental to the user and, and for most people cannabis isn't detrimental you know unless you're spending money that you shouldn't be on and that kind of thing yeah. but for, right. for most people that doesn't happen i don't think so so by your definition in temple we would say that food would be addictive as well then yeah you say well because we were going to man. intake it on a regular basis so and we have to have it we want it we don't have yeah. it yeah I think it is addictive, man. I I am addicted to cannabis. Like, willingly. But (laughs) I know if I don't (laughs) smoke tomorrow, I'm going to be in such a bad mood. My appetite will be off. I won't be able to sleep. I don't sleep anyway. But, you know, I won't be able to sleep. There'll be loads of problems for like three days coming after not smoking. It's always difficult. Very cranky. Very cranky. Yeah. That's a tough one. So. I wonder if that happens to ten percent of people who smoke, and I wonder if this study went out to just people who smoke. Maybe that's what it is, you know, sure, not yeah. people who just smoke on the odd occasion, but actual stoners who smoke every day. And maybe ten yeah. percent of them do say the same as what I say, where like, "Fuck me, yeah, if if I stop smoking, yeah, that's, I'll suffer." That's a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Is like, if you're using cannabis medicinally, you, you take away somebody's medicine. Yeah, they're mm. going to tell you they're addicted to that medicine because mm. they're using Makes that. Makes you feel better. Yeah. 
So, so with like yeah, most studies, you know, you know, it's open ended and it's, it can be taken. That's crazy. Way. It's, just, it's just the studies done in weed are always a little bit dodgy. But anyway, number yeah, three, um, there are four varieties of cannabis. According to the Cannabis Encyclopedia from Jorge Cervantes, in the early section of that, he does explain that some scientists do break cannabis down into four sections cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, cannabis ruderalis, and cannabis afghanica. But obviously, strains that have came from oh. Afghanistan. I've heard them all. I just I, there's so much convolution with with mm. you know the naming. There's the different five different chemotypes too that people get into. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not a, a botanist, so yeah, same. same. I just thought it would be an interesting one because I, I read that in the mm. book. I thought, yeah, yeah, that's sure. a good enough source. So I'll throw that one <laughs> up there. So number one was in fact the spoof. Look at that, forty eight percent. Be careful out there, weed smokers. In yeah. 2012, I'm speaking back in time to you guys. That's right. <laughs> so there we go, man. Truthful spoof. Well done, everybody. Did it? I think I got you all right. I got you. Oh you yeah. Did. Oh yeah. Panel one. Percy one. It's revenge. There we go. Let's see what there. happens next week. Come on. Somehow, I just don't feel bad about that though. <laughs> Mac even tried to. Mac even tried to spoon feed it to you and told you, "Yeah, you might as well pick one." <laughs> Come on, monkey, just do it. That yeah. was like one of them Darren Brown tricks, you know. You got to hang around. Yeah, to you, you don't really want to hang do around Mackey long enough. You learn. <laughs> Sometimes Mackey doesn't really mean what Mackey says. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then let's move on to the last section. The stoner quote of the week. You see Shakespeare there with his reefer. Nice. What you got for us this week, TG? Mm-hmm. Well. I don't actually know who said this because it's just on a meme. I'm sure everybody's seen the meme floating around the web. The free will in Franklin says, and he says, dope will get you through times of no money better than money will get you through the times of no dope. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that. It's quality, man. Uh, Definitely. Very true, especially in these corona times. Maybe people getting laid off and all that, but as long as you got your tent, at least you got your, your plants, so. Amazing time for growers is all I have to say. It's an amazing you time for growers. You got your seeds, you're happy. Yeah. Yeah, for you guys, it's still restricted, man. And for you as well, Monkey, it's still, and, and GB as well. You guys are living in yeah, a different yes. world over there where you're allowed to do it. It must be so free. So nice. Yeah. Well, these are for granted. We were, not only that, we were essential. They, they we're deemed essential workers. No way. That's you know, a massive temper- change, isn't it? you know, from 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You see, That's technically, uh, Spartan and I are, uh, we share a country in two different, two di- completely different law sets. Completely different. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. It is. States. I mean, yeah, no- I-, I could do the same thing there and be thrown in jail for the rest of my life. <laughs> Absolutely, and, man. And I'd Absolutely. do it here wow. and de- be deemed essential. That not only is it not exactly. illegal, it's essential. Like, yeah. come on. If I turn on this camera, I'll have a, a sheriff's officer knocking at my door. You know, it's one of those things. It's crazy. But hey, welcome to the new world. We'll all get there eventually. That's it. Nice quote, TG, man. I've seen that before and I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect fucking sense. You it know, does. weed always sure. helps, man. Money don't. That's one of my favorites for yeah. sure. Mm, I love weed. Shout out to everybody who Me loves too. weed. Uh, really <laughs> right, so the outro spartan man it's been a pleasure you long time i'm honored that i'm i was a guest before danny danko wow so i only have jordan river above me damn awesome. <laughs> very, very honored yeah, next time, it's always a pleasure man and you're a big name man you know and you just humble with that you, you just don't think you are 
You know, you're highly respected in the grower community. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Mm. With that, I got a jet, though, guys. I want to get yeah, on that of other course. show, and I had to pee so bad. Sweet. <laughs> later, later, right, brother. Thanks for joining us, Spartan. We'll catch you later, man. Hey. Have a good night. I'm waving here, but you can't see that I'm waving, but you know, I'm waving. See you later, man. Legend. He's a good guy, man. I like Spartan. Full of knowledge. And, and, you know, he just loves growing. It's it's his life. It's everything. Yeah. Nice to talk to passionate growers about passionate growing. So if you're new and you haven't seen Percy's Grow Room before, that's the forum which High on Homegrown comes from. That's where the panel's from. You can come over and check us out. Just sign up. The link is in the description. It should be. I think I'll put it there. If I don't, I'll put it there after the episode. So it will be there. Thanks for joining us. Everybody, say goodbye. We've got to find like out button. what Zombie Nation is now. Yeah, don't, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe as well. We'll be back again next week at 10 o'clock at the same time. Sweet. Good night, guys. Stay safe. Good night, Good night guys. Good night. Later.